The Bostonian is Matt Peralt. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are The Bostonian versus The Book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus The Book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Welcome to a massive day. What a day. BVB live, two guests, and more stories. And we're going to have time to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Dave Sheriff and Matt Peral, two guests coming up. We got a sports betting conversation. We'll go live to Boston. We got Fitzy coming on talking about Belichick and wearing the. You're wearing the Boston stuff for the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. The return of Drew Holiday to Milwaukee tonight. There's an NBA game going on right now in Paris. It, I didn't know about it. You told me about it. We we right now going on right now. Mm-hmm. Woo! Catch your breath. Get ready. Settle in. Get your popcorn because we got a lot to get to today, Dave. How are you? Parlez-vous Francais? Basketball game tipped off. Brooklyn and Cleveland. This is the least of our worries right now. Um, all these coaches retired. We're going to discuss all of that. Um, I wore the Boston stuff. I can't wear the Patriots stuff. I just, okay. I just, I just, I just. I just I could wear the hat, Pat the Patriot, but I said, you know what? I'll pay homage in my own special way and what I got in the, uh, you know, in the closet. I you wear Bama it's, stuff today. I thought you'd be the Saban side of things. Today. Yeah, no. Um, we got I, I, it's green. Green was the theme today. I said green Celtics and Bucks, and I was going to wear the Bucks stuff to Jag, and I said, nah, you know what? I like I like the Celtics tonight plus the points. I can't wear the Bucks stuff. So, yeah, um, you know. You were sleeping. I got up exceptionally early today, mm. and I was woken up to Belichick retiring, and I was like, well, I know what the lead story is going to be today. Um, <laughs> you <laughs> yep. know, and the boys were tweeting at me, you know, at Sports BK and Sig, you're at the Sports Talk, Matt, the show's at Boston versus the book. Everybody was like, oh, wonder what it could be. <laughs> Here we Shocker. go. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker on this. Uh, Jeff Edelstein from the Sports Handle will join us about an article that he wrote about sports gamblers in America and how the market actually may be more robust for profitability for the sports gambling companies than initially yeah. thought. Maybe there's, a, there's more money in America than we initially thought. It's not really a pleasant article if you're a gambler to read. It's kind of more or less like <laughs> there's more money to be made off losing gamblers than maybe they thought. In sports betting, well, people like the parlays. We try to tell you all the time, like, like the parlays are not the way to make money at this. Like, it's fun and strategically, you know, two teamers and money line, maybe. Yeah, but don't Three, go crazy four, five. With the same game parlays and all that other stuff. Jeff will get into all that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. But it's it's been you know people who are running hedge funds and investment firms are saying, well, maybe there is something in the section because in the sector because. <laughs> They didn't think people were going to bet parlays as much as they are, but well, they, nice a, lot of, a lot of people bet what they see. We were talking about that and about the advertising and all that other stuff. I mean, it's right splash at you every day. I mean, anything you turn on, 
I talked to somebody today, closed up shop with the uh, Brigade Proxy Service one with one of our customers and just called and we, you know, he said, thank you for the service. And, you know, nice. we're going to do it again next year and try to get you new customers and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he's in his sixties and he was like, man, he said, back in the day, you used to have to hide in a closet when you did this stuff. And now I, I, everything I turn on, I watch a game. I see 10 ads. I see this. I see that. He goes, it's just different. And, yeah. and somebody has got to, speak the truth he said keep doing your guys' show because you guys kind of do speak the truth i said thanks that was like a compliment i guess but good what is I mean, people have, you've joked around and saying you know what does somebody have to pay us to do the bvb same game parlay and like uh, i don't think there was a dollar figure there that really would because no book's gonna want it because we'd be disingenuous if we did it i mean we, we'd be we've been talking about it negatively forever and all of a sudden we're now taking it because we have a sponsor like that creates a problem. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's just a difficult people ask us all the time. Like, you know, why is there a number though? Like just curious. Is, is, is there a number? I mean, I don't know. I, what's my integrity worth? I don't know what my integrity is worth. Well, that's, I mean, I, that's my answer too. I guess, I, I guess I, I haven't know. seen what the number is until you put it down on a piece of paper and say, we're going to pay you, you know, seven zeros to do this. And okay. I mean, obviously it's life changing amounts Seven of money. Zeros? It would need to change my life. I mean, I mean, I've, yeah. I've stood on a table for this long and I've talked about the fact that same game parlays are not the way that yep. you're going to make money doing this. And that everyone in every single faction section and written piece is p- pitching you guys, same game parlays. Yeah. And the advancement of these gambling companies that are essentially sports, you know, they call call it, fantasy daily fantasy parlaying but it's it's sports betting and more states are figuring it out than it's sports betting and they're asking the right question like why is a 61 parlay return 25 to 1 when it should be 45 to 1 like what, what does the public know this do they know the math like have you explained that even when they win you win because you're yeah. keeping more money than you're supposed to be you know but you're paying out $200 or $400 and you're paying out $200. Like uh, that, that's good for you. That's great for you to do that. Right. So, yep. <laughs> you know, you know th- that's all the, you know, the conversation that we've had on this show for a long period of time. I have ago. not taken jobs because they strictly wanted the same game parlor. I said, let someone else do it. It's not, it's not for me. I appreciate you wanting, you know, not only do you want me to do it, but you want me to go on with, me saying it mm. that this bet is this Good. is what I'm betting today. I'm not right. betting that today. Right. That's I'm not betting I mean, that I, today. Yeah. I'm not betting that tomorrow on roll call Friday. I'm not betting that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, either. Like I I it's not for me. I mean, I swipe past it now. The apps locally, they have them now at the top. You see them the, yeah. the Steezers app, the uh the other one I'm using, the Boyd apps got them like the, the, they're they're in there. Uh, you don't have to, it's like when you go to the grocery store, you don't have to get everything in front of you. Go get what's good for you or what you like to eat. Yeah. But the happy meal is going to be there that they're going to give you the pre-populated parlay options forever. Cause it's easy and convenient. Do you remember the first time we heard that? And I was like, this can't be. Remember when, when Chris told us that? Yeah. You, you were like, this is never happening. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. And you're like, if it does, this kills the business. Like there is no more bookmaking. Like we're not bookmaking anymore. Like this is just a computer algorithm putting together the most probable outcome that somebody might bite on 
that's not going to hit. It's going to have a leg that's not going to hit. And it's you just all- said the quiet part out loud. We're never getting off late night. <laughs> well, that's it. That's what it is. That's it. People ask me all the time on this. They, they say to me on the juice, they ask me like, why don't you do this? Like everyone does this. And I just say, the math isn't right. Like it just, it's not, if the book is recommending something for you, why am I taking what they're offering when I know the math is, is so far against me? And we know I suck at the math. Like I, okay. Even I know this, that the math is, I'm looking at the math going, you know, parlay calculator guys, pull it out, look at it, do the math on this, put together the numbers that they are saying. And you explain to me why they're paying you 16 to one when it's supposed to be 30. It's, there's a reason for it because it's not going to hit, but even if it does hit, the pain point is not going to be there for them, but you're going to be jumping up and down because you made 160 bucks should have made 300. And so like well, that's most of the time you're going to lose. Right. Most of the, and you're going to lose over. It's just like the lottery. It's the same right. thing. It's, yeah. you know, you're going to lose playing the lottery, but it's still fun. And that's the answer. People come back to me all the time. Well, Matt, it's still fun. I get it. I get it. It's still fun. But if you and a hundred thousand of your fellow people say that, there's a lot of money there to be made from a sportsbook perspective. Right. So that's why they're pushing it constantly. It's why they're sponsoring the same game parlays and they're getting people on ESPN who've never made a bet in their life giving you a same game parlay. They don't know the math either. They don't even try to know the math, and that's not part <laughs> of their job. I don't no. expect a lot of the people that are out saying these things to know the math. I just want Everyone watching the show, listening to the show, wherever you are, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, subscribe on the podcast app, Spotify, all that other stuff. We're trying to Watch- get to 2000, by the way. We're on our way. Help us. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, by the Super Bowl, we want 2000. Right? Yeah. Like, I think we're at 81,850. Yeah. So that would be great. Um, but I mean, like, the, you know, the chat saying there's a number for everything. I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's a number. Do you have the Darko? Uh, rant again that graphic. Can you oh, pop that up? Real I deleted quick? it. Why you, you want to do the okay. accent again? <laughs> I, I, I did because this is crap. Okay, this is crap. Uh, in total BS, this same gay parlay. He got fined 25,000 today. Oh, got a flight 25k seems to be what the agreement must be because, uh, right? How much you can hit a coach that's, for? That's the maximum. Yeah, that max. coaches get I thought it was 50, but 25 is okay. Yeah, I mean, thought he, that I, was a little extra. That might have he'll scratched it off and be like, Here you go, extra dimes, but no, it's, it's 25k, it's, and they probably raised 50k in a GoFundMe after that, right? After to pay for it, yeah, they covered last night, by the right. way. The so, there you go. On that, uh, Fitzy will join us from WEEI in Boston. Yes. He has worked for the Patriots. He has known Belichick for a very long time and has worked closely with the organization. And I'm very curious to have him back on to hear what he's going to say about today. Because are you sad today? Yeah. It's is it like a melancholy day? Um, or just like I'm old. Everything ends. This is like what all of those things right there. I literally, I'm. I, I wake up. First things I'm seeing all the people mentioning, hey, Belichick's out, tagging me, blah, blah, blah. I go, we have our call. I get off our call and I go and watch I watch Belichick's speech. The first thing I said was, sorry, Will, fuck I'm old. <laughs> it's, the first, it's the first thing I thought. I go, this was I was 22 years old when Bill Belichick was hired as the Patriots head coach. Yeah. I was living in Virginia. The first year was awful. The second year I went to Alabama. 
and I watched the Super Bowl win with TJ, who's going through the same emotions that I am going through today. Irony. Because his coach has left. Right. We'll get, to, get to Saban here in a second. Yeah. And both of us together kind of commiserating going, because it's 17 years of his life with right. Nick Saban. And, I, and I'm with 22 years of my life with Bill Belichick. And yeah, I mean, even though from a football perspective, I agree with the move, it's still my heart, my heart sunk when I saw him say those words. Yeah. And I, I am moving on. I'm not going to be the coach of the Patriots. And I went, oh my gosh, even though I knew it was coming. That's the weird thing. This isn't sudden. Mm -mm. You saw this happening and we were talking about it. And even yesterday, up to yesterday, you know, you said, at the end of the show, MBVB bonus time, when we wake up or, or when we do the show tomorrow, will Bill Belichick still be the coach? I thought they would wait. They didn't wait. No. That's it. It's time. 24 years is a long time to do anything. And yeah. it was nice to see both guys up there together. I wish they held an actual press conference. I wish they took questions. I wish they actually you know, had a chance to answer some of the, I mean, because you know, the reason why they didn't do that is because there are so many things that Belichick has never answered that the media wants him to answer. <laughs> he doesn't do, you know, with big time press conferences and controversial situations. He's been so good at deflecting all the controversy that like, this is the last time <laughs> you're going to get Belichick in new England at in a press England, conference. Right. Yeah, I don't think a, he's done. There's no way he's done. I don't think he's done. There's absolutely. No way. Bill Belichick <laughs> will be coaching in the NFL next year. We'll get more of that here in a second, but the offshores have yanked the market down, Dave. Gerard Mayo opened up as a even money option. He was bet to 700 minus 700 in the books said, stop, pull it yeah, down. I saw, I saw you tweeting with Mason. Was that, was that with Mason? Yes. Um, and <laughs> his response was great. He's like, listen, these are impossible markets to manage. They really are. You take two limit bets at even and minus 300, and all of a sudden you're skewed too much and all this other stuff. I wouldn't read too much into it. Okay. But I think right now he's the overwhelming guy that's getting that job. <laughs> are you you're more sad about that? Why? <laughs> look, Gerard Mayo. Why? Why? Look. Mike Tomlin took over the Steelers yeah. after Bill Cower from a defensive coordinator position and has had an amazing run. Not saying Gerard Mayo can't go from the defensive coordinator spot where he ran the defense this year really, really well to become the head coach. The problem for the Patriots is the offense. It is not the defense. Right. Hiring a defensive-minded guy who's never been a head coach before to take over for the greatest coach of all time. This is not, I heard this this morning and I totally agree. The guy who takes over Nick Saban's job in Alabama uh -huh. is going to be expected to win multiple national championships. The guy who takes over the Patriots job is going to be expected to win multiple Super Bowls. That's a tough spot too. I don't know if I want to be the guy that replaces the greatest coach of all time. I, don't, I said that yesterday. I but Mike Vrabel that. has that thing that you need. He doesn't care, but, but he maybe doesn't care. Maybe they want something different. Maybe that's why they're talking to him. But maybe they Mayo want is Mayo. the same. But Mayo is the same thing. He's just a younger defensive guy who played 
under Belichick, who's ran the defense, who's from the community, the family. He can run right into the locker room. They know all of them. They love him. I get it. Right. But how many times have we seen these guys who have never been head coaches before take over teams and they can't do all of it? It's such a different job. The CEO of the team is so different that if you haven't done it before yeah. and you haven't proven that you've done it before, I need someone who knows, I know that I can at least believe that day one, he's walking in with a legitimate plan and right. has done it before. And Mike Vrabel is from the family. And I'm good with them not having done it before. If that's the guy, I mean, look at uh, um, D'Amico Ryan. True. True. Didn't do it before. It made the playoffs. They won three games before he got there. How many games the Patriots win this year? Four, but they've got six championships. How many games they win this year? Four. Okay. Perfect time to give a guy a shot like that. Not with the, I mean, Houston's expectations. The expectations with Rabel are going to come in through the roof. They're going to be there anyway. Whether it's. I don't think so. So you think Patriot fans are going to go into next year with Gerard Mayo and be like, yeah, you have a year. Go ahead. Now the market works. <laughs> it's not how Boston works. Well, we're not know. giving anybody. We're not giving anybody an opportunity to get their sea legs. Okay. People wanted to fire Joe Missoula last year when he went down 3-0 to the Miami Heat. Okay. You were coming with the pitch. I was, I wanted, I was there. I was, and then he came back and he forced the game seven. And I said, okay, fine. You proved to me you can actually get the guys off the mat. So you're all crazy is what you're saying. All you Boston people are completely 100%. off your rockers. We're completely and totally nuts. nuts. All nuts. of us are nuts. And Thank look, you. prop toppers. Only thing you compare today as a Bostonian is my youngest moving out. <laughs> had to, had <laughs> had to, to happen, happen, but. but. <laughs> okay. That's where we are on all this. The weird part about it is oh. that Belichick could have been traded and he wasn't traded. And he is the overwhelming favorite in the offshore market to be the next coach of the Falcons. Grown men had discussions and said, let's just end this. Yeah. I, I mean, like the weird thing about it, not being a press conference with questions being asked. I kind of see that too, because listen, man, that's a long, that's a, that's your life. You're walking away from you've agreed behind closed doors. Listen, man, it ain't going to work. Games passed you by. No, it hasn't. Yes, it has. I want to stay. No, you don't. We're going to move on. Let's just agree to disagree and part ways. Whatever it is, they broke up. You want to stand there and ask, reminisce about the Super Bowls? You want to talk about when you beat Carolina by three? I wish Brady was there. The Eagles by three. I was looking for Tom. I wanted Brady to be there. It would have been nice to see Brady there. I heard an explanation this morning. Okay. When I woke up and went to the bathroom and my phone was blowing up. He's he retired. He's part of ways. He's this. He's that. Belichick's gone. I'm like, oh, I wasn't going to turn the TV on. I guess I'll turn it on. I got caught up. And Teddy Bruce, he said, you know what Bill Belichick was as a coach? He said, you ever have a wet towel when you get out of the shower, out of the pool, and it's really soaking wet, and you have to just wring it out and get the water out? Bill Belichick's the towel. He's wringing it out, and that gets out of you everything that he can. It's not always pleasant. Mm -mm. I heard um, Damian Woody today tell a story. He just pulled him aside and said, you're overweight. you got a weight problem. 
We want you to play, but if you don't fix yourself, you can't do the job and this and that. He said he had the best season he had because the guy pulled him aside, embarrassed him pretty good in film sessions. Apparently, that was a regular thing, too. You had to have that scar tissue build up. Mm -hmm. But once you're in, you're in, and it's part of the family. So I get it. But wow, the stories that are coming out. The NFL Network is playing a a bunch of old video of Belichick just – and then – you know, McCordy was on Good Morning Football and he was laughing just like, and they're like, why are you laughing? He's like, because you could play that audio that was yesterday or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Same. He's been the same way every single time telling players, if you don't know the play, if I can't trust you to execute, I can't put you in a game. Right. Telling these superstar athletes that like mm-hmm. basically like they're in Pop Warner again, that if you don't know what you're doing, you're not playing. I don't care how much you're making. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you were drafted. You either know what you're doing or you don't. And I'm going to play the guys who know what they're doing. So it's it's bittersweet. Yes, it's absolutely bittersweet. We'll go back talking about Nick Saban here in a second. But our friend Jeff Elstein from the Sports Handle has been kind enough to join us here on BVB. And let's get him in here. Hold on. Let me just get it all put together. Get him in the big box. There he is. Jeff, Matt, and Dave, BVB, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. You know, I, I'm thinking about pitching uh, Belichick to come coach my house here. I got a few jobs. I got three kids. I got a wife, two dogs. I could use a little help. I mean, he seems to be he seems to know what he's doing. He knows how to manage people. <laughs> Just a little, right? Yeah, this is this is good. Um, you sound like you got a lot of similar things as what I got over here in the house. I have three kids, one dog, a wife that is a CEO. I just kind of live here, Jeff. So yeah, this is yeah. welcome to the club. Well, let me oh, put this up, Dave, real fast because this is this, this is up, the yeah. this is the headline that Jeff wrote Please. on Sports Channel. Is America lousy with bad sports betters? One hedge fund manager thinks so, but bad sports betters is a loosely defined term. So as we get into this, go ahead and Dave, you can take it from there. Well, I saw all the quotes. You you hit all the all stars in the business. That was good, Jeff. But was this the intention of the piece when you started it did you did you come out like what was the assignment and then what was the end result was the difference in between well i saw that that quote from uh chanos the hedge fund manager who who made a career out of uh shorting companies you know uh, famed for shorting enron and he was shorting DraftKings, and i assume other sports books and then last summer, he said, you know what? I'm done shorting these companies. I'm long on these companies, as a matter of fact, because the whole percentage, you know, it was a nine, 10 percent compared to what they thought it was going to be. You know what it had been for years in Vegas, you know, like five, six percent. And so, you know, the, he and he come out and said that, you know, his exact words, America's, you know, we've got bad sports betters. So I just want to kind of dive into the idea of it uh, and see what people thought. And, the, and I'll tell you that the I didn't have a. Uh, you know, I don't have a side on in this battle here, um, but I think that the the my biggest takeaway from it and the, in the piece, Alan Bowden from uh, Islers and Crycheck, you know, EKG, I, he had I think the greatest take, and basically saying we're comparing, we're talking about two completely different things here, right? There's the sharp set, right? That and uh, that's on both sides of the counter, right? You know, the sharp betters as well as like you know the the the, the bookmakers yep. who see this as a money making business, right? We're we're betting we're we're betting because we st- we think we have a, a sharper edge here, you know, and we're trying to make money. Whereas there's a whole other cohort of people, and frankly, you know, kind of present company a little bit included here when it comes to like just regular old sports betting. That's in it kind of for the fun, 
You know, sure, I want to. I'd, I'd much prefer to win money, but I'm not. You know, grinding edges. I'm not just looking at numbers. You know, it's for me, honestly, personally, it's more fun to have a 16 money line parlay this weekend than it is just to bet the Rams yeah. plus three. Yeah. You know, and I know, and I know that's that's that makes me a quote bad better, but I don't know. It's for me, it's a little bit more fun. Is that news, Jeff? Like, did the books find something here when at least maybe the European books, when they came over and they realized that, look, we can create these parlay markets and market the parlays to people and to show them a $5 bet that turns into 50,000 or whatnot. And that they just learned that the American appetite is there. Or did they come in with the plan that they thought that they could do this? I, I don't think there was a plan. I mean, I, I, you have to think that they just saw the same thing that they saw in, you know, in Europe and other places where, you know, you know, betting was just became part of like the, uh, you know, the, the sports fan experience. And, you know, you know, punters, I guess we call them over in England, you know, putting 20 bucks down on Newcastle or whatever the hell. I don't know. And, you know, they thought the same <laughs> thing would happen here. But, you know, I mean, I guess if you'd look back, you know, with the 2020 hindsight, is it so surprising that we prefer, you know, bet a little to win a lot, you know, I mean, no. the, you know, the, there's, there's something uniquely American about that. Probably, you know, if we're going to really like drill down on it, the, the quote that I got introduced to, cause I did it in reverse, Jeff, I went offshore and learned the business from like people that were booking every bet with the mindset of every dollar is important. We need to win. We need to know how to do this. We need to know who our customers are. Parlays were not even part of our, I mean, we offered them, but we we, we needed more parlay business. That's every bookie's dream is to need more parlay business. The quote that I heard when I got here in Vegas, and uh, it was either Chris Andrews or Jimmy Vaccaro, said they bet a toothpick to win a forest. And I was <laughs> like, oh. Okay, or to win a lumber yard. One guy would say lumber yard and one guy, but bet the tiny piece of wood to win the whole thing. And I didn't see it until I got to Vegas. And then I was like, wow, these people love parlays. Every book wants more parlay business. And that's kind of essentially what the whole thing is now, just on a national scale. But like Benson said it in there, and I wanted to ask you about this. Do you think we're early in the game? Are we in the first inning? Or I, I feel like we're in the like, the bottom of the fourth. I mean, we've gone through the first three innings. We've gone through the order the first time. Where do you see this business as far as like the timeline baseball wise? Cause I know you're a baseball fan too. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a good question. I, I don't have a real answer to it. Right. I think, I, yeah, I think we're a little past the first, I think we're a little past the first. Right. And I, I guess the next big question um, for the industry and I, you know, uh, Jack Andrews touched on this. Is, is you know what happens to you know the betters who prefer to bet these like silly parlays? You know, what long term are they long term customers, or or do they you know do they bleed out at five, ten, fifteen dollars a pop? You know, and say this isn't for me. You know, I, I think not. If I if I had to guess, I th I think that you know we're kind of in it. Uh, I think we're. We're still early. I think we, I don't think the American better is going to leave. I think it's just going to get a little bit more popular. But I do think we're going to see a lot more um, gamifying of the experience. And I, and I know yes. that's like a buzzy term. And I don't. Yep. And I'm not sure what it's going to look like. But I, I think it's going to. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. 
Uh, I, quite frankly, I, you know, I didn't touch on this in the in the article. I am dying to see what Underdog ends up doing in this space. Oh. You know, I'm very you, curious. You're not alone in that thought. There's a lot of people waiting to see what happens. Well, they get, if they get licensed, don't doesn't don't they go a whole different direction if Underdog gets gets licensed? Well, I mean, they're going to be they, they're one of the they'll be in North Carolina. You know, they, they right. got licensed there. And so, like, we expect to see them in a few months. And Jeremy Levine has just, you know, he's been beating this drum every time I talk to him about, you know, the gamifying how Americans want games. They don't, you know, the, the, the European model is not what the American better was brought up on. You know, they want something different. And I'm curious to see if he can crack that nut a little bit. Uh, find me a place where the, you know, the the guy who likes betting the you know the six leg parlays is, is welcomed as a uh, how did I even phrase it you know kind of like in the way that like you know a DraftKings or FanDuel welcomes the you know the GPP player right okay. in, in right. Uh, you know that you know you feel at home there right maybe you know there's not a sports book right now that the the single game parlay player necessarily would feel at home at. Yeah, but the, but yeah, but I think as the education model, as they, as they learn the model, as the, as the, as the public learns that twenty five x your dollars on a six game parlay is not true odds, and it's not good. I think those companies are going to have to answer to the public when the public says, "Wait, wait, wait! I should be getting forty five to one. Why are you giving me twenty five to one?" Yeah, maybe. Um, I I, you, I think we're putting a lot of faith in the. I mean, you, have you bought a lotto ticket lately? Have you bought a scratch <laughs> ticket lately? People seem well, to like no, playing and, those. And, you know, I mean, I was going to say you that know, too. There too. I'm from Massachusetts. That's the Mass is the number one state with scratch tickets. My grandfather gave us scratch tickets every single Christmas. We all got a stack of scratch tickets. We all know the odds suck. We all know they're bad. It's just sort of part of the mindset to go and you go grab a six pack of beer, you go grab a pack of smokes and you buy two scratchies. That's just sort of right. like what people did and they still do it to this day. I don't think the parlay business is going anywhere. I think that better is going to stay there forever. That's just right. part of the, I got five bucks free. Go ahead and throw it on a six game, you know, parlay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does. It, it, it's hard to argue that it's fun. You know, I mean, right. it, you know, it is fun. And so I, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, you know, Han Solo in Star Wars, you know, never tell me the odds. I don't think most American <laughs> betters want to know, you know, they, it, oh. I, it's not something they're necessarily all that interested in when they're putting that their guy down. 100 percent doesn't want to know. I've done it. I've sat in the books and tried to explain it to people. And finally, I realized there's no more explaining it. And Alan Alon as he's known on Twitter, <laughs> said it like this. Um, it's like the Wig Wittgenstein thing of talking to a lion. You just don't understand each other because your frames of reference are so different. Yeah, I had to Google it, too. I did, too. <laughs> I, I know what it was, but it was a great quote. Open guys, the tweets, Alan. Open the tweets. I, he, he won't do it. He will not. I asked him again this morning at five o'clock in the morning Pacific. Can you please open the tweets? He said, I can't do it. But it's so funny because it's a different language, right? And, and it's talking differently. Um, Jeff, spin off a little bit into what you're doing professor-wise, because I was trying to explain it to Matt and I could not. And that's one of the other gigs you're doing with the media stuff. And it's kind of in integrating sports and betting and things like that. Just explain what you're doing and where you're doing that at. Sure. Over at Ryder University, I've been an adjunct instructor there in the communications department for uh, 20 years now. And uh, about five, six years ago, they introduced a sports media uh, major. And uh, I, I don't know. And I, so, you know, I, I knew that it was there. And I, you know, I just I, I, I didn't think twice about it. And then I started working here in this industry. 
And you know, you know, post PASPA, you know, I realized that if you want to if you want to get into sports media these days, you better understand this this side of it. Number one, number two, the you know legalized betting now has opened up just a whole nother market for you know content creators, writers, you whatever you want to call them, to get jobs in. And, you know, and I I went to the bosses and I'm like, listen, we we really you know should do something about this. So we, we I, I created a class. Uh, you know, basically it's a, you know, how to, how to, how to learn, how to write about sports betting, you know, from you know, and everything. It's, you know, it's not just, you know, how to weave in, you know, uh, the Rams minus three, you know, in Detroit or whatever this week, you know, it's, you know, looking at numbers and legislative stuff and everything, because, you know, th- this is it's basically a brand new industry, you know, and I, and what really sold people there, you know, the, the higher ups was that, uh, I can't remember where I came across it, but if you took all of the betting action in, in the world, okay, all the sports betting action in the world, legal, illegal, you name it, it would be like the third or fourth biggest market in the world, like behind New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, like the Japanese stock market, and then sports betting, you know? Right. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it is, you know, there's a lot of money out there and a lot of people are paying attention to it. And I, it just seemed like, you know, it's time that we start, you know, teaching it. So, yeah, Little Rider University out here in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, probably one of the best, uh, you know, places to learn about the sports betting industry who knew do you because i teach unlv so i teach an audio course as an adjunct as well at unlv and this is maybe a little bit off topic but i'm just curious because we're talking about it do you see any changes in your students pre and post covid is, is there any change in the way that they approach their work uh you know i i i don't know if i'm going to put covid as the the result. I just, you know, and I know this makes me sound like grandpa, but uh, you know, social media has just dramatically changed the way people think. You know, when I started teaching 20 years ago, there was no social media. You know what I mean? Right. right. And now, you know, and you know, the kids now, like they're 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 um I think for a lot of kids, their frame of reference is so much more internal than external than when we were, you know, kids, you yeah. know. And uh, I find myself, you know, the one, the biggest difference I find, and, you know, I'm live. So, you know, I, I'm in the classroom. Me too. Remember, you know, on the old, the old Saturday Night Live, the first season, Garrett Morris, he would do the hard of hearing bit. You know, if, <laughs> you know, he would be, you know, the closed captioning, but he would just scream. Like, right. yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, so I do that in my class. I'm, I'll call on somebody in the class and they're like, right. And I have to like be like, you, you got to actually physically use your tongue and lips. Yeah, I don't have talk. that. I mean, mine's an audio class, so the kid can't be in the class. If that, that's his attitude or her attitude, you can't be in right. the class. So I'm lucky on that point. But I, so many kids, this is my fifth year now, or my fourth year going into my fifth year. And every kid, not every kid, but so many kids have told me that they were a different student before they were home for a year for COVID than they were yeah. afterwards. And that they're, and now I'm seeing it because when I went to coach to, 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 to teach my first year, it was during COVID. And so I saw I, my first ever semester I taught at UNLV was online. And then I said, I can't ever do that again. It was, it was the most difficult yeah. thing I ever did. And then we went in person the next semester, but now I'm, you know, four years out, the kids who were freshmen and sophomores in high school are now in college and now are college kids. And it's just, it's remarkable. I, I totally agree with you on social media, but I also feel like that we haven't really fully talked about what these kids had, had gone through and that their level I think of part of it. Yeah. yeah. No, I think part of it, now that I'm thinking it through, is, you know, my oldest is 14. So, you know, he was still young enough during COVID that it wasn't, you know, it, it hit him. But, it, you know, and we had him in a different, we had him in one of those crunchy granola schools. Doesn't matter. But I think part of it also <laughs> is that a lot of kids, you know, who are freshmen, sophomore, juniors, even seniors in high school, 
they go online and they realize that the six hour day that they've been doing for the last, you know, 12 years gets condensed into about 15 minutes worth of actual work. Mm. And they're like, what the hell am I doing here? This is, you know, it's a bunch of baloney, yeah. you know, the number yeah. one and line I, that is, might have carried I, over. I learned what's the point. That's what the kids say to me all the time. I learned and I asked the question, what's the point of doing all of this? Yeah. And the answer as adults, it was hard for us to answer. We did. We, we don't Dude. really have the good answer. My kid, he's a freshman in high school. He's loving life. He's having the time of his life. He's dating a sophomore. I haven't, I haven't even talked to a sophomore yet in my whole life. He's already dating. <laughs> you know, kids, kids doing all right for himself. But he, he is not academic. He's a smart kid, you know, I think. But he's not, he is not academically motivated. And he brings home this, like, this, you know, like, geometry homework. He's like, what, what is this? I go, yeah, play yeah, the game, just- son. We're pl- just play the game, you know. <laughs> So yeah. true. Yeah, Jeff, Jones, good stuff, man. Thank you no. for coming on. This is a lot of fun. Let's do this again Wait, soon. Right? Real quick, real quick, yeah. Jeff. What's what's the six game money line parlay? What is six game? I All got right, yeah, here it is. No, I, I, I used it. It's Cleveland. It is uh Kansas City. It okay. is Pittsburgh or then, Buffalo. What, uh, Buffalo, Dallas, okay. Uh, the Rams and then the uh, the Bucks Eagles. on Monday night. The the Rams oh. make me the most nervous because everyone's got the Rams. Everyone thinks yeah. the Rams are going to win uh-huh. this game, and so uh, yeah. that makes me nervous. But yeah, I think the Bucks win. I think the, uh, the Eagles I are a broken too. team right now. They're broken. I do too. Jeff, good stuff, man. Thank Thanks you, sir. On. Appreciate you being here. You got to take that it. Is easy. Jeff Edelstein from Sport Handle joining us here on the Bostonian versus the Book. Good to, good to get him on the program. Throwing out a six game teaser at the end on the way out. Or six-game parlay. Six-game money line parlay. Listen, the people love the parlays. That's okay. It's fine. Just understand you're up against it. Winning is very hard. And it's fun until the fun stops. And that's what it says on the pamphlet. Because when the fun stops, I was doing, when I first moved here, I would do, uh, I think it was a 14-game teaser. What? I did a 14-game teaser. What? It was a math problem. I just wanted to figure it out how to get to Monday night. That's okay. all I wanted to do. And then hedge. That's it. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do. I don't do. mind that. I mean, you can hedge off the, off the Eagles game, too. I mean, if you I would do that. sit there. I was working Saturday nights at the Golden mm-hmm. Nugget. They turned the sports book into a dance lounge <laughs> with a band. I was working until 2 a.m. It's going to have its own chapter in my book. Okay. The night shift at the Nugget was amazing. I had a lot of things happen to me, including a woman came up and asked me what I liked and then lifted up her shirt and flashed me and said, do you want to go upstairs? What time is your shift done? I said, I'm married and I like the Eagles this week. Okay? <laughs> there you go. That's what I like. <laughs> Just like that. But I would sit there and go, this side got to be the side. This side got to be the side just for something fun to do because I didn't have the time. I had one little kid at home, another one on the way or both at home. It was five bucks. And then it would, if I got it to Monday, I was going to win a dime. Hedged off of it. Right. You just know, every, 300, you know, every 23 year old guy listening to this right now is applying for jobs at sports books overnight. Right. It don't happen like that. No more. You got <laughs> to work the night shift. I mean, it don't happen on the day shift. I'm telling uh, you that right now. It's a different kind of customer in a day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. We, I, you, you've seen the pictures of the, you know, woman who pressed her ass up against the glass at, <laughs> when I was at uh, Lagazi Stadium. That's why, if any of these things come through and we get back in a book oh. doing a show every day, look out. <laughs> the what you saw in your stint at the Palms. 
What well, I've well, the palms was life. the palms were actually tamer because I was there in the morning. I was there at the night. Right. At yes. Lagazi, I yes. was there every night until 10 o'clock. Right. So, I mean, I had a former Bachelor contestant walk in drunk, just walked right into the studio, loaded, sat down and started talking. And he's like, I'm so-and-so from The Bachelor. I'm like, who? I'd look him up. It's like, I'm from Iowa. I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is crazy. So I've had that. We had the woman in the whole, like, you know, yes. So at night, if we're there ever at night, this town is a very interesting place at night. You're going to have to get clearance for that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to get clearance for that if we're going to do that. I'm a, I don't once, know. once in a while. Uh, before we get to Fitzy and talk more about Belichick, Excellent. let's talk about Saban leaving. Boy, oh boy. Whoa. This broke late in the show yesterday. The Nick Saban is retiring. He won six national championships with Alabama in 17 seasons. The big news today is that Oregon's Dan Langing was arguably everyone's number one. And mm-hmm. I didn't think it was realistic. I thought, why would he leave Oregon? And I was like... I, and then somebody reminded me on Twitter saying, wait a minute, you know, he has ties to the SEC, but I'm like, he doesn't have that big a ties to the SEC. He's 37 years old. He's got young kids. Why is he going back down in the crucible when he can win a national championship? He just took up got Dylan Gabriel coming from Oklahoma to be his quarterback next year. They're going to score a ton of points with Oregon next year. And he officially said, no, he said, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm not going to become the head coach of Alabama. Right. My people on the ground are telling me that it is wall to wall coverage down there. The news stations are camped out outside of the chancellor's office and they're doing play by play about who is going in and who is going out of that building right now. Like there is a DEFCON five type of story going on right now as to who really? gets this job. Really? Yeah. Well, it's Alabama. Absolutely. This is, this is a bigger job than the governor of the state. This is the biggest job in the state of Alabama. This is the most important position in the entire state. Is this the biggest job in college football? Right now it is, yes. Yeah, that Alabama is open, but the transfer portal stuff already started. The kids who are currently on the roster have 30 days to pick a new school if they want to leave. Every kid's getting phone calls like crazy this morning. Coaches right. all over the country. Right. A five-star wide receiver decommitted last night. Yep. Said, thanks, goodbye. I'm not yeah. going. They got to get somebody in here quick. It sounds from the people that I'm talking to, it sounds like Saban is going to have a pick. He gets to pick the the person coming in behind. Well, I would hope that they would ask him and I would hope that they would take his advisement, you know, in, in the whole process. So it's interesting. I I, I was looking for the, the <laughs> They're leaving stuff. cakes at his statue, real life cakes. <laughs> this is real at the Nick Saban statue. <laughs> This is not true. Prop toppers. That's not. Um, that's funny, though. I, I, that's I believe good. it. No, no, no. I believe that. I 100% believe Leaving that. cakes? Yes. They're leaving things. I buy his cakes? statue. Yeah. We're, we're leaving everything. What kind of cake would you bring to leave at his statue? I mean, maybe maybe you know what he likes. I mean, it's not that. I mean, everything about Saban's known. So maybe they know he likes a certain type of cake. Red velvet? Oh. You like red velvet cake? I can't stand it. It's okay. Red velvet. It is red velvet. I, he just said, look, honest to God, red velvet. Red velvet. And I am not looking at that. I should be looking at that, but I'm not. Oh, I just guessed good. that. Red velvet. I swear we're going to get this to so you guys in the chat on, on YouTube that we can put it on the screen. Right now it's Twitter only. So I know people are like, what the heck? I've been in the chat every day. I, I swear we're going to figure this out so I can go ahead and put the chats on the screen. As well said in the YouTube chat. Yeah. That in one market, he's looking 
Sark was plus 3,500 yesterday, so 35 to 1 last night. He's now down to plus 175. So I said it yesterday. That's the higher. Like, that's the higher. Going and getting Sarkeesian because you do a couple different things. One, you bring him back home to the place that rebuilt his career. Two, the offense stays. Three, you completely neuter Texas as their way into the SEC. I mean, you just, because Quinn Ewers announced last night, he's going back. So now everyone is saying that Arch Manning is going to be available. So what if you brought Arch Manning with him to Alabama? And you had a Manning in Tuscaloosa. You guys like red velvet. Put it in the chat whether you like red velvet or not. It's cake. You can't just like cake. I just I don't like it's so good. What about the boar? It says the boar. Well, I mean, again, that's my problem. Minus one fifty. I can't. I can't see guys from the Pac-12 from that side of the country coming to the South and being accepted and not having a really tough time of it. And Saban has to say yes. So. I don't think he's a young guy, just like Lanning, but what's the Florida state coach Norvell, Mike Norvell, maybe, but I don't think Mike, I mean, I don't, if I'm a Bama fan, I'm not in love with Mike Norvell, but yes, he has ties. He was at Memphis. He's, he would work, but Florida state's got pockets. They they'll pay to keep their guy. They're not going to let him walk to Alabama. Right. right. It's Dabo. No one's talking about it, but it's Dabo. I don't know. That's that's the guy. I mean, I would hire if I had pick, if I had my pick, I would hire Sark. I would say, go get Sark, bring him home. It's all good. We're 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 rocking it. I'm good with Sark. If Sark would say no, I'm staying at Texas, I'm not gonna do that, then I would look at Dabo and say, Okay, Dabo, but what's the buyout? That's the problem. The buyout is bonkers for him to leave Clemson. So that might prohibit Bama. They got all the money in the world, but they may say we're not paying that for that coach. If it's not Sark, it's not an issue. I mean, oh, I think it's like it's 30 issue. million. It's not an issue. <laughs> not an issue. Did you know this stat stunned me? The enrollment for Alabama during the Nick Saban tenure rose 45%. It's fun to go there to watch football. The percentage of kids from out of state, I, I, I think I have this right. I think it tripled. Yeah. Number of kids from out of state who go now to Alabama. Yeah. This is why he was making 20 million a year. <laughs> he was dominant there at the bad time. I'm sure Roman wasn't going up then. Nope. It was going down. So, now it's, it's, I mean, it's just, it's remarkable. When you look at the impact that he made on the university, not just the football program on the university of Alabama, the amount of attention, money, prestige, people who wanted to go there. I mean, it happened when I was in school. I mean, that's why I went to UMass because my entire high school tenure was during John Calipari's run at UMass. Right. right. And they were winning and winning and winning. And it was like, oh my gosh. And then I got there as a freshman and they went to the final four. It was amazing. I, I, I'm going to advise kids going to school today. If you, and again, if you're watching the show, appreciate you being here. Hit the like button. Subscribe. We get us to 2K. Don't go to school for the college football program unless you're playing for the college football program. Like, yeah, but a, isn't it just an add-on? It's just it's like a, it's a cool thing. Yeah, but Alabama football is Alabama football. Like, it's oh, the stop. thing. Stop. Stop. Am I going to tell a kid from Vegas to go to Alabama because they like watching them play on Saturdays in high school? What's does it fit with? everything you like? Does it have your major? Does it have the weather you like? Does it have the Those environment? all the first questions, not the last questions. They're all the same. They're all To me, they're all weighted the same. No. 
personal life, you know, nightlife, things to do, your overall life for four years matters. And and if look, it's expensive to go to Alabama out of state. It's not cheap. Right. <laughs> so like in state, it's cheap. Out of state, it's really expensive. A lot of those schools in the South are like that. And you know, I remember when I was looking at North Carolina, I was going to move to Carolina to get in-state tuition my senior year in high school because I wanted to go to Carolina. And it was $7,000 tuition in-state and 30000 out-of-state. Right. And that was in 1998. <laughs> that was a long time ago. So I don't know. It's just remarkable that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll are all about the same age and they all are unemployed. <laughs> they, all, or, they all don't have jobs yet. Bill will have one, but... They all today don't have jobs. No, I, I, I can't wait till when Fitzy gets right. Oh, he's here. I'm right. up. Oh, he's here. You ready? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me put my boss. <laughs> we're we're going to get, get him in mid yeah. in mid drink. Yeah, get him. Oh, he wore the Belichick t-shirt too. Oh, we can count on. We can count on him. Was he he's just the, chugging milk. Drinking chugging the uh, what are you? Uh, is that a beer chug? That was a beer uh, chug. That one's empty too, son of a bitch. <laughs> There's not enough beer to fill the hole in my soul. <laughs> the dog just went running, by the way. You hit the dog with one of those cans. Oh, Nike too? Yeah, he's yeah, he's <laughs> he's not even smart enough to realize exactly how much pain Papa's in today. Did you oh, not know this was coming, Fitzy? Of course I did. No, I did, Dave. I absolutely knew this was coming. Anybody with two sets of eyes and a keen awareness of exactly how bad things have been for the Patriots the last couple of years, I mean, I know Coach wanted us to know that it hasn't exactly been all that thin around here the last couple of years. <laughs> but you know what? Actually, it was starting to get like refugee yeah, thin. It was starting to get like Adrian Brody in the pianist thin. Like <laughs> it, it was getting bad. Yeah, it's a d- it's a deep pull. If you like if you people like Oscar movies, which is yes. what I've been sinking myself into these days, post Patriots 2023, then you get the reference. But Look, Fitzy, when he yeah, said it, when he got to the podium today and he he said the words that I'm not going to be the coach of the Patriots anymore, we're mutually deciding to part ways. Like it was still hard to hear, was it not? Even though we knew it was coming, it still was like, holy shit, Belichick's leaving. It was just like that moment you see in cartoons or in like those kind of movies where somebody just goes like, and you see like, like in ghost and you just watch your soul literally leave. And you're like, no, I'm not done with you yet. Get back here. And then you stuff it back into the black pit. That is your heart. You know, actually the first thing I thought this morning, guys, no joke. The first thing I thought this morning was no matter how prepared you are for something that you expect, you're never actually ready. Like I could tell you right now, like if this happens in accomplishment, it happens in failure, it happens in life, joy, death, all of it. Like somebody could tell you, like, I think that's it. And you're like, I'm going to be fine. And then they're gone. And then you're just like, oh, God, (laughs) like I could tell you right now, like I'm going to kick you in the nuts. And you're like, that has happened before. And then I'm going to kick you in the nuts. And you're going to be like, holy shit, that hurt. hurt You just kicked me in the nuts. It hurts way more than you expect. So seeing Bill Belichick up there today. You know, it wasn't as shocking as the the Brady press conference after he mm. lost to the Titans and threw what I believe was a, you know, kind of a purposeful pick six to his Ooh. old pal Logan. Oh, I definitely think he was like, F this, I'm done. And <laughs> I didn't even cover the teaser. So it, no, up. yeah, exactly. And then, of course, he cut, <laughs> uh, screw your money lines. I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> it wasn't as shocking as when Brady incidentally referred to the Patriots as they in the yeah. press conference immediately mm. after the loss to the Titans game. Um, but it's still surreal. Like this is a, this represents half of my adult life. Like it's half of my lifetime. 
for for a lot of fans, it's been their entire life. Um, it's been, you know, a third of the franchise. He's the winningest coach in NFL history, Patriots history. And, you know, like just watching, watching everything that he represented and stood for the winning, the dedication, the work, the catchphrases, the tags, the misery, the joy, the celebrations, the agony, all of it. Like Belichick is such an asshole. And the thing is, guess what? He's our asshole. Right. And he would like, he was like, nobody represent Dave. I'm not sure, you know, Peralta's from the area. I'm not sure yeah. how much time you've spent in Boston. And the correct answer is, however long it was, it was five minutes too long. That's um, the answer. Exactly. That is the only correct answer. You know that's, what? And that's fine. Easy. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, right. But like, like he represented New England is a place of great defiance and a miserable attitude and yes. brilliance and entitlement yes. and arrogance yes. and all of that. And Belichick, he was like, he was like our weather and our education system and all of our sports combined into one frowny faced grump. And I effing love the man for it. The, the, the tweet that came out, it, it, it's, it's this, that the team put out for him that came. I mean, I don't know how you ever honor the greatest coach of all time, but I don't I don't know. A thank you just seems like, it just, I saw it this morning. I was like, this right. seems a little thin, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. I don't know. It's <laughs> just a little bit of a weird, I didn't think it really like grabbed the gravity of what we're talking about here. We're just like a thank you. Well, if you, if you, if you read all the socials and the, and follow guys like Andrew Callahan and Mike Giardi, they tweeted out earlier this morning that even people that work for the team, staffers, coaches, execs all found out this morning, basically via social media so somebody in socials probably was like, oh, F, I don't have that ready. Whoa. And they just went to Bing or like AI. And they're like, chat, <laughs> chat GPT, what should a Belichick farewell thank you graphic look like? And then just out comes. Up. Yeah, it's what it looked like. It just, it looked Honestly, like, like he, the guy deserves like some sort of some sort of like Star Wars, Lucas Skywalker ranch type of thing where he just becomes a force ghost on the stage and then just disappears. Right. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know, like, he's always like, there. Yeah. I but, mean, Fitzy like, legacy. What, what, when I'm watching it and I was me and Matt were in a meeting, so I was watching it without the audio, but I was reading the closed captioning. Go on. Yes. When, when Kraft came in <laughs> for the hug, Bill was like, yeah, like, Shake hands. Like we're we're right. good. Like yeah, yeah, we're good. I don't know how much love there is in this whole thing. It was Hi, awkward. Scott, was it come here. Do you want to hug Scott? Come. How do we do this here? I'm here. I'd like to come here. Come here, son. Come Very here. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah exactly. Exact. No, it was so awkward because Belichick is just like doesn't exactly you know give off the veneer of you know like lovable, affable, huggable, you likeable. know, <laughs> or likable human or anything you know. <laughs> yeah. um, although, like, you do get stories like the one that leaked out the other day. Of I'm not sure if you guys saw this. Uh, give me ten seconds of this. It's a great little story. Yeah. But basically, the the infamous or famous, depending on how you look at it, uh, GIF file of Belichick walking into the stadium in Detroit from 2018, and he yes. blows past the two little kids in Lions gear looking for high fives. Those kids are Patriots fans. They were get their dad was a guest of a Lions employee and they gave them Lions swag to wear for fun. So Whoops. Belichick blows them off. It turns out it gets back to the organization that Belichick blew off a couple of kids that were Pats fans. He invites them to the stadium, takes photos with them, gets copies of the photo at the moment where he's walking by, blowing them off and autographed it to them. Awesome. 
See, I mean, those are great See? stories. That, yeah. I mean, and we hear a lot of that stuff about Belichick behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there was a speech he gave a couple of months ago where everybody was like, where was that Belichick? Like, he showed that he was laughing. He was affable. He was funny. He was cracking jokes. Like, he was just the type of – because Brady talked about it all the time during mm-hmm. his his calls on WEI. He was always like, you know – you guys don't really understand this, but like Bill actually is kind of funny. Like he jokes around with us and he's more of a, a different personality. Do you think he will show that in his next stop? Will he'll feel, he'll feel more willingness to showcase who he really is, or is it going to be just the same grump where he goes next? I don't think you're going to get like what you saw out of Brady and Gronk when they went down to Tampa and all of a sudden, you know, Brady, you know, famously didn't want to do shit for social media. And the last couple of years he showed up, he did his job and he was like, all right, fine. If you're going to lock my alien space massage guru out of the stadium, I'm going to lock you out of the socials and all public appearances. (laughs) Fine. I'll even produce my own web series. F you guys. Right. Uh, You know, then he goes down to Tampa and then it's like, is that Brady and Gronk with their feet in a kiddie pool filming an episode of Tommy and Gronky? Oh, the goggles. They do nothing. Take my eyes now. It was awful. That was that was extreme. But that was, you know, famously coming out from underneath the shroud of Belichick getting out of the castle in the Iron Maiden. You guys heard yesterday when the Dynasty trailer part two came out on socials, that line from Amendola, that thing was money. We worked for Bill. We played for Tom. Like that, just like that line was that hit like a that hit like a freight train. And so that tells you so much. So what do you see if Belichick, um, you know, where's he he going, Fitzy? Like, I think he's going to go to the Falcons because uh, even though so Josh Harris, the guy that now is the majority owner of the I still call them the football team. He's yep, best buddies with Jonathan Kraft, but they're not negotiating anything. So that's over with. Yep. Um, they'll they'll make a bid. But Arthur Blank, um, that's no his last name, everybody. Yes. Um, it's nice, <laughs> we're not playing a little game here. Um, now, where's Gene Rayburn? And his name was Arthur Blank. Boom, 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 um, Kids, look it up. That was an outstanding another reference. That was another match game, match game reference. So, what, what do you think, Charles Nelson Riley? I'll tell you what I think. God damn it. Um, I think he goes to the Falcons and the most like just the idea that like I delivered your greatest defeat. I ruined your franchise. And I now who as general oh. Sherman will come down for the reconstruction. I will I can't get the past franchise. It, I can't get past that. Oh, I can't Pearl. get past 20, 20, 33. I can't get past the fact that they, Wait. he's going to go coach the Falcons. Wait, here's the best part. The he, he just, just to show that even though he's going to go there to break Shula's record, to go collect some more money, whatever, this is all unless, you know, unless, unless Mike McCarthy, you know, shits in his adult diaper on Sunday against the Packers, in which case, He'll just Belichick will be like, Jerry, hi, how are you? It's it's three for a hundred. Sign the deal now. hundred percent. Maybe Sirianni, but that would be insane. That would be almost as insane as hiring an offensive coordinator to coach your defense. Glory is from Boston. So he's got, I mean, right. (laughs) I mean, the owner of the Eagles is from Boston. There's your big three to me. The Falcons with Arthur blank and him just literally saying, you can write, you can put my last name in on the check. It's yours. Like just write your own check bill and help us come back from 28 to three. And if Belichick would write, Belichick should write, okay, I'll take a deal three years, 28 million per. And then Arthur blank will be like, Oh, curse you. Um, Philadelphia. If they crap the bed Monday against Tampa, which would be weird, but the, I bet you Belichick takes meetings and holds out to see how McCarthy does because you know, and look at that. Think of that too. Swooping in, 
Bill Parcells was not able to do it just to make sure everyone knows that Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. He just whips it right out on the table, goes in and takes care of what Parcells, Jerry, and everyone else couldn't do. Could you imagine if he goes to Dallas? No. Because Sean Payton was supposed to go to Dallas. That was his job until Mm -hmm. he wouldn't wait it out. So he went to Denver and Mike McCarthy did well enough last year to keep his job. If the Packers were to beat him, Dave thinks it's not possible. I think it is. Packers could be. Now I want the Packers to do it even more. Now I want the Packers. I want Well, Dave, if Dave, I mean, like if, if Dobbs and Christian Watson, who both have kite strings for hamstrings, if they can play on Sunday makes a big difference because now you're stressing every aspect. And I love the pack. I love what they've done. LaFleur's a play calling genius. Love has some swag about him. Every tight end and receiver is a second year or first year player in the league. Like they're going to be dangerous for for years and they're going to go into this game with a house money DGAF attitude. Like, all right, whatever, let's just go. They're going to, they're not going to coach conservatively. They'll go for it. And McCarthy is going to like coach not to lose. Fair. and I would expect, Dak, and you hope Dak doesn't throw picks, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. You hope Dak doesn't. Yeah, whistle one into the arms of Jair Alexander, which would be why well, I think that I think the Cowboys win, but I like that spread. I think I think the pack keeps it close. Fitzy, what's it like to like be completely uh, orphaned from the playoffs, like for <laughs> like the, the whole playoff picture? Like we're, we're used to it now. It's three years in a row. Well, yeah, I know, actually, but like it's 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 I'm, really the it's end of it all. I've been yeah. making plans in January for a while now. <laughs> it's weird. It's actually not. It's kind of more the norm. Like it right. got, actually, actually, your line. I know you were trying to be like, oh, little nut shot there, Fitzy. Like that's all right. You know, oops, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Did I knock over the six Lombardi? <laughs> sorry, I'll pick those up in a second. <laughs> oh my god, they fell right onto my pile of AFC Championship shirts. They had a safe landing. Um, yeah, I mean, like th- when people say like, oh, geez, this all. This was such an unpatriots-like season this year, you know, with special teams errors and an unproductive. This has been more the norm since Brady left. Yeah. Three out of four losing seasons. There, uh, you know, Belichick's unbelievable laser-like myopic focus on certain elements, like making sure the defense is right, game game planning, prep, etc. Sometimes, as as we've seen, gets in the way of him having succession plans and the forethought to. Make sure there is a replacement for Brady Mm. to make sure you have. They have not addressed tight end of the future, slot receiver of the future, quarterback of the future, and and even wide receiver. uh, uh, No, and Matt and third third down back. Like James White was our guest on the live talk show in stadium Sunday uh, at the stadium, and he was awesome. And, you know, ever since he went down with that hip injury against the uh, Saints in 2021, they have not introduced a new Vereen, Falk, Woodhead. And these are the components that made the Patriots game plan McDaniel's offense so dynamic and unpredictable. And it's become predictable. And someone else needs to go in there with like a Dyson vacuum and a can of Raid and uh, a Swiffer and just wipe everything clean. And like, this is a gut, make no mistake, this is not a live-in reno. This is a gut reno. We're, we're hitting the, the reset well, button in the back of the Nintendo. Then it can't be Gerard Mayo, then can it? Oh, boy. If we're I doing, think it's, if, I, I if we're doing that, right. I think it's going to be, and it's, it's, it's my problem. I don't, if you're going to do that and I'm with you, let's completely, you know, burn the thing down to the studs and mm. build it back up again. Hiring a guy who's currently on the staff because you want continuity. That doesn't scream, burn it down. That screams, I don't know, like scotch tape and bubble gum, putting it back together again. 
Right. That yeah, that that scream that screams paint over it, uh flex flex tape it, uh crazy glue it, all that flex jazz. Still right? works, so you know it, that. No, it does. Oh, I mean we well, I, it's amazing. I my garage door fell in half during a, a rainstorm. I went out and got a thing of flex. Don't tell anybody, it's fine. Uh, Tom I mean Brady Brady was the flex seal in this team for 20 years. And when you lost that, yeah. you lost the ability to hold so many things together. And next thing you know, cracks in the wall and you know, um, the just the, shot, the, the slipshod nature of certain things came to be, but um, you know, I mean, if you bring in Mayo now, you're okay. You so you have a young, energetic guy that you think can be you, you know, uh, one of your new voices of the future. To me, um, you know, I wouldn't say he's part of the you know thousand dollar tracksuit club that is like McVeigh, McDaniel's, Shanahan, etc. But he's a bright young mind, and everyone says he's boisterous. He's smart as a whip. Uh, has energy for days and you can't miss him a mile away. Okay, awesome. That's great. But Vrabel to me is just like, I get it. I learned from Belichick. I'm not part of his coaching tree, but I don't give a shit. And I'll come in here. And if you're Mm. telling me that I have to be the guy that has to replace the legend of Bill Belichick and clean up uh, the, you know, the, the pile of crap that he left us with. Yeah. You're, I mean, guys, the leading receiver was Pop Douglas with 564 yards. Oh, oh my the leading God. receiver was Zeke Elliott with 51 catches. Like they didn't have a thousand yard, a thousand yard runner, a thousand yard receiver. They didn't have a hundred yard runner or a hundred yard uh, receiver in any game this year. Wow. We are talking like we're talking like right now, like the roster is like the lard ass scene in Stand By Me, and there is just a pile of blueberry <laughs> pie vomit, and no oh, one has a, a kitty litter for miles. Like, oh, it's gonna stank. For oh, <laughs> but gosh. that's why. I mean, I don't. I don't look. Robert's gonna do what Robert wants to do. It's his team. Mm-hmm. But do you think Vrabel wants the job? Oh, if hell they offered yeah. it, If they offered it to him, think Vrabel would want the job? I mean, you guys heard when Amy Adams strunk sat down and did her little uh, NPR thing this week in Nashville. And, and it, the, the, the word leaked out that she was mad that Vrabel went up there and said, we have a game to win today. It's so great. Don't take it for granted. It's not like this everywhere else. And she was like, Michael Vrabel, I'll have, you know, we're paying you a fine salary and you go up there and you polish their knobs. Well, why don't you go ahead and, Good. I'll t- trade your steak tips for hot chicken. Good day. She was hugely. She was pissed. Yeah, she was pissed. He loves it there. I heard. I heard way back in October that once you, uh, Matt, you referenced earlier, like Belichick was on the money in an appearance earlier this year. Why can't he always be that funny? That was the Hall of Fame weekend. Yeah, where Vrabel came back to town, um, and he, you know, was just on airs that weekend, and so was Kraft because. He talked with Vrabel and they Vrabel sat in the owner's box for the whole game. That's when they beat Buffalo. So obviously everything harmoniously lined up that weekend. Uh, they like he knew right then and there, like if they let him go, this could be my guy. I would give it to Vrabel as well. But, you know, if it's Mayo, it's Mayo. And um, I'm going to be so disappointed. I'm Last just, one for me, Fitzy. Let, yeah, buddy. Let, we're all tied up. Um, one. More excited about the Celtics or the Bruins because we got to move on. It's a new season. Everything's mm-hmm. done with the Patriots. So Celtics or Bruins. And number two, what the hell's wrong with tracksuits? The fans, <laughs> uh, tracksuits are good. Dave loves them. I, I got nothing against tracksuits. I I just like these guys all. Sh- these guys all like, like imagine like the the days like. Can you imagine saying to Tom Landry, who shows up in a suit? 
you know, made of wool and asbestos with his hat and tie and everything. <laughs> you know, like one day someone's going to be wearing athletic gear to, you know, on the sideline coaching NFL games. He would have been like over my bald headed dead body. So <laughs> hell no. I'm oh, not I saying dress like Mike Nolan on the sidelines, but at the same time, yeah. you know, everyone, you know, wearing like, you know, their capri pants with the legs pulled up. Like they did. Yeah. What are yeah. we doing, please? And they uh, have glasses on from apple that have you know a connection to the metaverse like what are we doing and two i'm more excited about the celtics because the closest chance we have to ending the interminable duck boat drought in this town yep. is on the backs of uh gang green in pursuit of banner 18 i mean good for the bruins and all but like that's a house money team after their bed shitting last may against florida to me right yeah and that's why i think they might win it all because it is a house money team because that's what happened to florida last year when they got bounced the year prior having the President's Cup and then went to the Cup Finals and lost to the Vegas. Uh, get the editor on this. There were people on Twitter talking about what the Boston market's going to look like. Mm. When we were growing up, the Patriots were fourth in the pecking order. The Red mm -hmm. Sox were number one. We mm -hmm. all died to watch Pedro Martinez pitch and we all dreamt of the idea of winning a World Series championship and ridding the idea of Bill Buckner ever existing in Boston. We saw the Celtics win. We saw the Bruins play for Cups but they didn't win it, but they played for cups. Do the Patriots fall back with Belichick gone? Cause I've seen people saying like everybody in the Boston media, you better be careful because you wanted Belichick gone. And now him being gone, the attention, the jobs, the market, everything about the Patriots will change without Belichick. I mean, he was the biggest star on the team after Brady left so much so that Amazon didn't even know who to put on the graphic to tease <laughs> Thursday night football. So it was like, what versus Belichick? And we we're all like, fine. Suit him up, get in there, Bill. I, damn, will be more entertaining than watching Bailey Zappi try to complete passes to Tyquan Thornton, for Christ's sakes. Uh, no, I say the Patriots for at least a season, if not two, because of the curiosity. Now, whether that's competitive curiosity or morbid curiosity, depending on how free agency, the offseason go, et cetera, and who the new coach is, I say the Pats stay on top for a while. Uh, you know, they got the number three pick. They got the third most amount of cap room. So there's a chance somebody can come in and make this a team that's interesting to, hey, you know what the hell? The Red Sox aren't doing shit. Nope. Hockey right. is hockey is more of a niche Canadian sport that has its market okay. and its fans in this country. All right. uh, no, the Patriots will, because of the legacy and the foundation that Brady and Belichick built, they'll Agreed. remain on top for the next couple of years, I think. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with I'll, Jim I'll, Harbaugh yeah. goes no. there. It's yeah. all back to the I'm I, Jim Harbaugh, I, I love Harbaugh. I could just not imagine. Like, to me, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh, God bless him. I got all this go blue in my family as well. Um, and I'm thrilled for all my in-laws that they got the championship. And that was a wagon of a professional team in college yep. football clothes. Yeah. Working with one of the Harbaugh's would be like, to me, it would be like, what if you left like you're like a German shepherd in a car in the summer with all the windows rolled up and you were trapped in the same car as well? Like just like the concert, just who's got it better than us? Who's got it better than us? Uh, whole milk, whole milk, whole milk, like just absolute madness. He's not going to come in and want to clean up all this shit. I can't nope. imagine nope. that Har that Harbaugh would. Um, My I'll dream is this. I'll leave you, leave you with this yeah. dream. Vrabel head coach. Uh -huh. They signed Derrick Henry. Mm hmm. They draft Jaden Daniels. Oh, oh, and they spend money on a big time wide receiver. Oh, and away I love we go. It. Or, away we or go. you, or you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay, and you grab and a tackle, yep. and you take a high floor guy like a Bo Nix, and then you spend your ass off in free agency, on and the then lines. you you get back up to being competitive. Yes, exactly. 
and then you do, and the dream is for, is finalized as Belichick decides to issue <laughs> being a professional coach in the NFL and goes on and accepts the vacancy that is currently posted for the Nantucket High School football team. <laughs> Fitzy, you're the best. Love you, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks for having me on. Viva Belichick. Have a beer for me, my friend. We're gonna all gonna need it, unfortunately, here in the next couple of months when it comes Lashed to the Patriots. The dog. Did he know he hit the dog? He went like this. He got <laughs> the dog the got dog. It was great. Dog was like, "What the, what the hell happened, that? Dad? I was just sitting here. He threw a dog empty yeah. beer can at me. Oh goodness gracious! Yes, but we'll see what the Patriots wind up doing. Uh, before we get to the games this weekend, I just wanted to bring this up. Did you see this story? Only when you sent it to me, and then I read it. This is the weirdest story of the day. So ESPN oh. has been caught in the most ridiculous, as awful announcing wrote today, dumb Emmy fraud scandal. ESPN today had to admit that they fraudulently awarded 37 Emmys to talent because they entered in fake names of producers that worked on college game day in order for them to be able to give those Emmys to the people who work on air on college game day. Supposedly, allegedly, reportedly, the talent had no idea that they were receiving a fake Emmy from ESPN. Right but they had the names redone on the Emmys when they came to ESPN. They re-stenciled them to the, to the names. One was given to Aaron Andrews in the name of Eric Andrews. They just Wait. changed the end. They changed the end. And then they, they said, were, here you go. I read that article and I was like, they were, they, they used the person's last name and changed the first name. So the engraver had less of to a do, problem to worry to about and I, I mean, what are we doing real, but I know it's real because your guy wrote like that oh, yeah. site wrote it. So that's awful announcing. It's real. They had to give back they, 37 Emmys. They had to go and take the Emmys back from the talent they gave it to and said, sorry, you didn't actually win this Emmy trophy, even though you've been displaying this trophy, you know, in your trophy case that you won an Emmy for being on college game day. No, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't win an Emmy. Right. I mean, the, do they care? They're making a ton of money. They were on at the time. I know Fox has a big cut in now, but before there was no competition. So you dominated the Saturday morning space. Making tons of money. You were lead. I mean, Corso and Herb Street and Fowler and Aaron Andrews. I mean, that was the peak of college game day. Right. Do they really give a flip whether they had an Emmy trophy or not? So... I mean, you graduated and you got into the media stuff. Mm -hmm. I graduated and got into the media stuff. And I saw these awards. And I, I remember asking as a 20-something-year-old, "What? Who, who votes on these? What is this? Yeah. And they couldn't explain it. And right then I was like, yep, I, I, don't, I don't need the awards, right? And, when, and we've had meetings. You, you've heard me say, what we need from you is money. <laughs> I, I, I don't need no award. I don't. So yeah. when we're talking about like, if we're going to get paid, if we're going to do this or we're going to do that, like, I think that's way more important to those people, but somebody thought it was important enough to give them a trophy. I mean, it's a make up a fake producer who worked on game day to get. So in, just to, in case you're getting confused by this, they entered college game day into the sports Emmy competition, right? It won. Right. And so they had to, they were awarded a number of Emmys for the people who worked on 
but it wasn't for the talent. Like the physical statues, like, yes. like this helmet. Yes. Like this was that you had to right. order 38 of them. Because it was the had to have guys or women and men who were working on college game day. So they gave them an award for the production of college game day, not for the talent on college game day. Right. And they knew that if they put the talent name down on it, the awarding company, the, the Emmy awards would have said, no, 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 this is not for your talent. This is for the people who work behind the scenes. Right. But ESPN wanted their talent to be awarded the, the, the same trophy so they faked the names of the people who didn't exist, fake producers. And then once they got the engraved Emmy back, they re-engraved it to say the talent and then gave it to the talent. I don't understand. This is the stupidest thing you could ever. This, this is so dumb. Like for ESPN PR to have to answer this question today, like the person must have just like put their head through a window gone like, I have to deal with what now? I'm up to my eyeballs on what's going on with Pat and what's going on with ESPN talent. And I got Jimmy Kimmel's people. I got to deal with what now (laughs) we, we did what (laughs) I don't, I I don't get any of it. Oh, I I read so bad. I'm like, what in the world are we doing? And then when you find out, what do you think? I mean, like it's, it's all disingenuous. All of it. So bad. So bad. And you go, why, why did you waste your time doing it? Like, I, I Does it matter? I, Anyone's life change? Anyone feel different afterwards? Did, did, does Chris Fowler really care? Like, I would have loved to have been there. Well, I don't know. The, Maybe what if you put it up on the mantle? I'm sure he did. But how what funny would it be if someone knocks on Chris Fowler's door and they're like, uh, Chris, can I talk to you for a second? Like, yeah. Um, you know the Emmy you got in 2010? Yeah. The thing that's been in my possession for like 14 years now. Uh, I kind of need it back. Well, why? Because you didn't actually win it. Well, what do you mean I didn't actually win it? I was on game day. Yeah, but it was for production, not for like you. Eh. But my name's on it. Yeah, we kind of did that after the fact. We kind of added that after the fact. Oh. I would have been like, you did what? Like, huh? I don't get it. I just don't get so it. So bad. So <laughs> embarrassing. Come on, ESPN. You got to be better than that, man. Yeah. All right. To the weekend, we go football. Normally on Wednesday, we did it. We, we had a big, obviously yesterday was crazy. So we do it today on a Thursday. Cleveland now two and a half point favorites on the road against Houston. Total is to 45 and a half in this game. Do you put any stock into Joe Flacco's record on the road here and how good he has been in the postseason on the road? No, no I, none of that past stuff matters okay. to me. I never did, but it might to some people. I can't say you should totally dismiss it, but it's our show and you're talking to me first and foremost. So you asked me, I said, no, um, does it matter to you? Uh, I think it just means he's not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. So everyone's curious. You said it earlier in the week, you know, rookie quarterback first start. It's an auto fade. So if you're subscribing to that, it feel you feel better about having Flacco on the other side. If you're going to fade a rookie quarterback who has not played before in the playoffs for a veteran who's won a Super Bowl before, so correct, it that's, gives them a big advantage. That's one way of looking at the handicap. The other is to look at what the rookie quarterback has done up to this point. You want to talk about what feels like a totally galvanized locker room, a yeah. totally revamped. I mean, just think about how bad this team was just last year and what they had working where they traded the guy who had a bunch of other things going on to the team they're playing. 
it's going to be awkward, right? Deshaun's going to be there. That's a probably. I don't, I don't know how that's all going to work. There's going to be shots of different things, not title shots, boys. Stop thinking like that right now. I think there's there's money for Houston. The line's coming down, and I watched come down a couple places this morning. It's down to two. The Houston money's there too. This is this is going to be an entertaining game. Totals forty four and a half. Got a got a got a side or uh, I mean a, a over or under. Browns win, it goes under. Houston wins, it goes over. Hmm. So I don't know who wins yet. So I can't give an answer on that because I my initial thought is to take Cleveland just because of the way that they play offensively and the way that Flacco is playing with house money. But D'Amico Ryan's is really an interesting piece to this oh, because I can't wait to see what he comes up with from a game plan that we may not see coming. Mm. And those guys are buying in again. I just wish tank Dell was healthy for the Texans. Their oh, offense course. with him yeah. was such a different, he was such a difference maker for that offense. And look, Singletary is going to have to run the ball really well. And it's incredibly hard to run on the Browns. And so you're putting the game on CJ Stroud. Mm. And up to this point, he has played, in every big game, in every big moment, nothing has been too big for him. Yeah. But the game kind of rides on him. But the, the boys have been sitting here patiently yeah. watching the show, enjoying the guests. And again, thank you guys for being here. Give them something to vote on. Um, Texas, Texans or Browns? Who wins the game? Straight up or with the. With the- just no, who wins the game? Straight up. Just T E X C L E. Or H O U, whatever you want. Spot it. It's Texas Browns. It's easier. Yeah. <laughs> On that um, Joe throws at least two picks, according to Roger. Wow. I don't know if I buy that. Wow. Then Flacco is going to throw up all over himself and cost the game. I don't know if I buy that. I'm not sure I subscribe to that. Again, watching the show live, go in there and vote if you can. We'll get a number. Um, I think we'll get more Browns. I, I, I think the books yeah. will end up needing the Texans. Uh, which you know, they're probably comfortable doing, right? I mean, Brown's on the road this year. It's been a crapshoot. It's fine. It's it, it's it's either at this point, there's one or two games that you're going to basically be able to like push yourself to need. Mm-hmm. But when the playoffs come, the volume goes up so much. There's only six games, and they're all standalones. There's not another game going on while the game's going on. So. You know, on Sunday mornings, the early session can be eight games. There's two that just slide by. Nobody cares about that's whatever. These handles are so high, but games book themselves. Interesting. Casey laying four and a half now. Total has plummeted all the way down to 44 because of the weather forecast. It is going to be historically cold in Kansas City. We're looking at one of the most frigid environments for a playoff game on record. And the Miami Dolphins have to walk into Arrowhead Stadium completely banged up. Miami, any shot here? Is there any danger of uh, they're not going to postpone this game, are they? By the way, Fitzy just sent me a text message that said appearing on BVB is more fun than any any show that I do. I, I love that it. guy. I appreciate it, man. We need. We, thank you, Fitzy. We he appreciate you. To Vegas. He might be coming to Vegas for, for 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 a sponsor trip, so he may be here. So you may see him on BVB come Super Bowl time. That's outstanding. So that'd be fun to get, to get him on. So, For sure. Yeah. We might need to check in with Fitzy every, you know, <laughs> couple, couple, <laughs> so regular. Once the Patriots get 
<laughs> you know, once the Patriots get a head coach. Well, he's Celtics. He can talk about that. That sounded like him. Um, he works for EEI, so he has to know all the sports. But like, good. he works. He works okay. for the Patriots. Like that's okay. that's who he works with directly in the NFL, and he's a football guy through and through. So it's it's this is going to be a tough off season for us. <laughs> We're going to be struggling. Yeah. But like he said, this game you know, is he, I'm reaching over, knocked over to six Lombardi. Yeah, I I go I'm back. good. I'm good. Like I've yeah, said before, right. I have seen, I am good. Sucks for my, well, my daughter's seen three. So yeah, I mean, she's even seen three championships. Wow. Just breaking news in the chat. Easy yeah. can say your first boss was an Emmy award-winning producer. I will have you know. PSU Sheppy's in the chat. Oh, wow. I didn't know he won an Emmy. That's why he was so good at the job, man. He was a tough mother, but he made me better. He made mm. me better. Um, Did he re-engrave it when he, was it re-engraved when he got it? <laughs> no, he won it. There's no question. I'm kidding. Sheppy won it. He didn't. Kidding, kidding, kidding. I don't kidding, know. We kidding, may have kidding. to ask Bob, though. We may have to ask Pompiani if it wasn't re-engraved, maybe. I don't know. Yes, Miami has a chance. Yes. At least to cover the spread. Why not win? These conditions are going to make it unplayable for both teams. It's is going it, to be is it ugly. Though, is it though? Mahomes' record in the in cold weather is pretty good. Yeah, I think something. I guess he hasn't lost a game when it's like colder than thirty-two degrees. Right, and Tua hasn't won a game. Yeah, um, yeah. I I I don't see much. They're dead on arrival. Dolphins are dead. 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 I don't. Oh, I, I, hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. But I I don't give them much of a chance. This has been a catastrophic waterfall of injuries for this Tuck team. And, and they're going to, I mean, there's, they're down three starting linebackers. They're down two starting defensive linemen. The secondary is nicked up. The offense is not healthy. The quarterback is not healthy. Like, I don't know how much can Tyreek Hill do? <laughs> like he's going to have to score three touchdowns. Okay. Maybe, but they're just really down the players that got them into this spot. Hmm. Over the second half of the year, the Dolphins were not a playoff team. No. They're lucky to get into the playoffs. They fell their way in thanks to their start. Like the Eagles, same Eagles are the same thing. They fell their way in and play their way in. They just stumbled and tripped over their own you-know-whats. Hmm. All right. Well, you guys don't have to just, just vote in the chat. Just type your own. You don't have to put a poll up right okay. now. Just I want to see the chat flow. KC or MIA? Who 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 do you think we see more? Just money line. This just, will be the biggest upset of the week. Hundred percent for me. I'll be stunned. I mean, again, I want KC to win because I want them on the road. <laughs> I this want be a them. bigger upset than the Steelers beating the Bills. Mm, well, I don't think that's even possible. So I guess, yeah, you're right. That would be, but that's not even on my okay. radar. Like of things that are possible, like it, this is not even possible. Like the there bills, the Casey, bills would have Casey, to throw up. Casey, Casey. Oh, Eron Sean said Miami. Oh, wow. Vinny Konowitzki said Miami. I think that's wishful thinking, boys. I hope, I mean, look, I, I would be, it would be a riot. I'd fall down laughing if Casey loses to Miami. I mean, this is like, Miami. There's, you can't lose. If you're, the, you're the Chiefs. You can't lose this game. Covey said Miami. I mean, there's all these problems going on. I mean, Ooh. heck, <laughs> Travis Kelsey's own brother had to stop taping their podcast and wait 24 hours because he wanted to jump to the screen and kill his brother. <laughs> He's had enough of his shit, too. <laughs> it was awesome. 
<laughs> he, just, he just took out the headphones and just walked away. Then they, they picked it back up again. He's like, you guys probably could tell I'm wearing a different shirt. Um, I need a time to kind of have, because he was making fun of him saying basically like, what the hell happened to you guys? Like, how the hell are you losing all of these games? It's not nice. Like he was, he was needling his brother. Giving it to him pretty good. Yeah, he was. He was really like, "What's wrong with your locker room?" He's like, "What's?" He was asking like, really like, he was going near the nerve, and his brother was just like, "Okay, I'm gonna walk away because I'm gonna say something really bad right Right, now." Right, right, right. Because he's probably. I mean, like, do you really want to piss your brother off knowing the 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 encyclopedia of things he could say about you publicly? I mean, like, your brother knows a lot about you. Like, be careful when you start poking that bear. Travis looks like he don't, he don't, what does he even care about? Like, he don't, he's not worried about that. What if he did something with Taylor that wasn't supposed, that won't make him look all that good? And Big Bro knows about it. <laughs> Listen, okay? you don't rat, you don't rat him out. That's what I mean. That's why he took it. That's why he took off the headphones yeah. and walked away. Cause I'm yeah. like, I'm going to say something that's going to be bad right now and I'm going to stop myself. And he was smart to do so. It wasn't an hour, it was a full day later. He had to come back and finish taping the episode. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. phenomenal. Little brothers sometimes they get that Woo. like bravado and they say whatever they want and they take shots and yeah. It's all fun and games until, until Big Bro smacks down and says, yeah. "Uh-uh." But we got all KCs game. except for a, a few Miamis. Ross Randall said Miami. Chef Benny said Miami. He said it's been a rough week for his newborn Emily. You know she's seen had to see Michigan win, Ooh. and now Bill leave. It's been it's been a tough week for for little. It's, Emily. it's 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 okay though. I mean we're all okay. Yeah, it's it's she gets to see the the. No, the growth, the return right. of glory. Right. You know, it's it's right. it's the return of the king. It's 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 the third third in the in the trilogy movie. We've had another one. We're going in, you know, the middle one. It's Empire Stripes back, and now we're going to return to the glory. And it's Return of the Jedi. Here we go. Here we go. Vrabel coming back. He's Luke Skywalker. You know. I can't wait. To, that's that's actually pretty funny, Whitrock. Uh, he said, "Can we get Jess on the show for a Cliff Notes version?" Of the uh, New Heights episode, <laughs> it's actually I, mean, she, I probably she'll probably talk about it tonight while we're after dinner or something. I'll have to ask her about that. What happened on the New Heights podcast? <laughs> oh, man, man. yeah, you were my best thing about today a couple of days ago. Oh no, I wasn't. Oh, watch the show. Oh, I, I'm going to tell her that now. Watch the show. So Dallas is down to seven against Green Bay. Where? Where you see seven? Oh, it refreshed across everywhere. Everywhere. Wow. Everyone's seven. Yeah. So they got the Green Bay money. Good. Huh. I mean, seven and a half was too high. Was it not? We'll see Sunday. That was too high. I think even seven's too high. Like it just it just feels like it's too high. Just yeah. uh, I, I I mean. I don't know. I, I'm really going to be curious to see what happens in the first couple of moments of this game because Dallas has been so good out of the gate at home. Right. They jumped in their opponent. They scored multiple touchdowns. Yep. They get a hold of the game, and then you're playing catch-up, and their defensive backs go to work. And when they're up 14 or 21 points, they can take all sorts of gambles, and they pay off for pick sixes and big turnovers. If Green Bay can withstand the first quarter and stay even or close, Mm-hmm. In the first quarter, and not make the major mistake, mm-hmm. the game flips 
the pressure goes on to Dallas. They're at home. Mike McCarthy's coaching for his job. Jerry Jones is up in the box, staring down, tapping his foot, going like, we're going to do this again, guys. We're going to lose a home playoff game. If you just keep yourself in the game until halftime or right afterwards, all that pressure comes down on Dallas. And you'll have a shot to win the game. <laughs> it sounds well and good. You think Dallas kills them? No, no. I, I have no idea how this game's going to play out. Man, they got to get the receivers. I have no back. idea how this game's going to play out. I really don't know. But it, the line can't be any less. It's four and a half, five. You're going to get nothing but Dallas money. But if that's if that's if Green Bay wins, and you're good. Who cares? You got to find the number where the dog is. <laughs> I don't need to know where the number is a favorite. Seven and a half was the dog. Yeah. Okay. That was good. That was a good. Uh, the number was good. And now we'll see. Um, I'm still trying. I'm 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 looking at the word Dallas, and I'm thinking I, I've got a little little agita pain thinking about Belichick being a coach of the Cowboys. <laughs> it's I mean, that, neat, right? I, I, Oh my gosh. I think it'd be cool. Oh, I agree with prop topper here though. Dallas and two scores ahead. Play action is real. Yeah. They're, vul- they're vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's just great work by prop toppers. If you're watching the show on Twitter, you just you, go on and leave it. P. Ralt sees it. We bring it right in. We're going to figure that out for the YouTube. Oh, it's coming. Yeah. Once yeah, we, I mean, we, we, we can do it. We just, we have to test it and make sure that it's, we don't want to screw up the live show okay. with, with the changeover. So I just want to make sure we can actually do it, but we're, we're going to test it. And then I'll okay. be able to put everyone's tweets up on the screen, which would be awesome. Our, our chats up on the screen, which would be great. Yeah. Change the whole look of the show. I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Roll call Friday. Super chats too. Yeah. So oh, super ch- supposedly God. super chats will post automatically. I won't even touch it. Like you do a super chat, it'll pop up on screen. So for, for that, tomorrow, if we did it tomorrow, we're not gonna do it tomorrow. But if, if we had it for tomorrow, right. During a roll call Friday, if you put up a super chat, you're, you would appear on the screen automatically. I wouldn't have any control over that. So I have to be very careful with the well, words. I can used. just look at the screen that I'm looking at and see it and call it out. Wow. Yeah, oh so I, I just need okay. to, I, I have to go through, if we do it, I have to go through and there needs to be keywords that will be blocked because. Ah, right. <laughs> there's certain things. We're on late night for a reason. <laughs> well, thank just you general, to Will. Like, yeah, you can't make we Will can't. life. If we make, we're going to make his life really no. difficult no. if we're putting bad no. words on the screen. No. That will be. We're not doing yeah, that. Yeah, so we won't do that. Will's life harder. We'll make sure it's, no. it's, 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 it's easier yeah. on that. Right. Uh, you like Dallas? I it's Thursday. I, I don't know who I like. Okay. I honestly, I don't know. I like Green Bay oh. plus the points and probably money line too. Rams Lions. I don't know. Three. Why does it's, everyone like the Rams? Because they can run the ball. They can run the ball. They run the ball. Or they can run the ball. I, and I mean, control the control the ball. Um, win the time of possession. Don't turn the ball over. Detroit turns it over once. Who has the coaching advantage? Is well, that, that's, I mean, it's hard. We'll see what Dan. This is a big, big moment for Dan Campbell. Is it? This ever? is a big, big moment organization wise. Agreed. Everything. Agreed. Got to prove they, it. They win this. Woo! They they they're going to Dallas with a purpose. If 
Dallas doesn't win, the second game is in Detroit. They get the home game number two with one of the lower seats. Hello. Hello. And if if I'm the Niners, feed me the Lions. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) if I get to play Detroit, pack your bags to Vegas. Yeah? Yeah, pack your bags to Vegas. Yes. Oh, my. Jared Goff's not going back to Cal, to California, to go into that into that state and go and beat the 49ers in their building. No? No. No, no, no. Not happening. It's a huge, oh. huge advantage. That's what I mean. I just think the Niners and the Ravens. Put the new poll up if you could. We, we, this, this year is this so. Rams or Lions. This, this year is so this interesting to me. It's so interesting because of the How close that poll was, by the way. A lot of people, you have Browns 52 48. Yeah. Um, that's a good number, right? That's all. I mean, that's a dream 52 something, 48 something, right? That That's outstanding. That's a good number. I think we're going to get the same here. I think I, I, I don't know, like, because we have an ear to it, we're in the content space, we're talking to people and having people on the shows and stuff. Oh, my God. Another breaking news item. Is this right? What? What? Super chat post. According to DGen4TW. Uh-huh. MLfootball.com is reporting that the Steelers and the Bills could get moved to Cleveland due to the weather. Do you guys think that would impact the game? Yeah, that will impact the game. If the Bills aren't at home. Wow. The Bills are playing in Cleveland Stadium. Who is going to go to that? Well, Cleveland people would go to that, but it still would be really like, remember what happened when Buffalo had that ridiculous storm and all of their cars were buried. And when they got back home, they had to yes. stay to stay. And it was in the lions. They had to stay and play in Detroit for two weeks. Yeah. And then when they got back home, all their cars were like covered in four feet of snow and they had to like dig it all out and get them, get all the cars out. Thank you. DGen 4TW. If that game gets moved to Cleveland, what Steelers live. Is that what you're going to say? What? I don't think, I don't think it's live. I think it changes. I mean, as a bookmaker, what do you do with the number? Uh, Bill's mafia is not going to be there. I mean, they'll drive. I mean, it'll be Bill's fans who are going to be there, but. I mean, you take it down a point. I would think only one. That's it. Make it nine. Well, I love just, that. Tease it. Then grab the teaser and pull it down to three. And we're yeah, good. Just to see if they I bet it. That. I'd just tease it. You, you give me nine. And how much more are you going to move it? Eight and a half. That's all. So home field's only worth a point or a point and a half to you in the playoffs. They're going to bet. They're looking for an excuse to bet Buffalo. Anyway, they're going to bet Buffalo and all the teasers. I don't want to drop that number too quick. Because they're playing a game in Cleveland in front of a half-empty stadium. Mm. Ain't nobody going to be there. Mm. Our guy, General Bob Custer, said, I love the Rams and the money line. A lot of Ram yeah. love. Out, a lot of Ram love. Out, outright Ram wins. I, well, I mean, I guess Detroit could win by three, yes, but it's money line play. Either right? side. Just doesn't matter. Forget the I, number. I don't think so. I don't think so. Pick the winner here. Falls wow. on the number. Falls on the number. That's Steeler really... fans will go to Cleveland. There probably will be more Steeler fans there. Definitely. Right? They'll go. What's that? Two and a half hour drive? What is that? It. 
It's nothing, Depending right? On the weather, it's 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 not hard. Oh yeah. my gosh, Pittsburgh would. Un- I mean, yeah, brother just, Doug might end up going up from Columbus. Right? Like people right. in, who live in Ohio, right? Will from go Pittsburgh, right? See a Steeler playoff. Cleveland game? fans who I mean Pittsburgh fans who live in Cleveland will go. Are there Pittsburgh fans that live in Cleveland? Well, you would know more than me. I'm assuming they are. Uh, Why wouldn't there be? JC from KC. There's no Browns fans that live in Pittsburgh. I'm None? That. Really? Oh, not too many. No, we see I don't Jets. think there's many Browns fans that live in, in We see Jets fans. fans we see Cleveland. Jets and Giants fans in, in New England all the time. I mean, the whole pointless state of Connecticut is full of them. Really? Yeah. That's why the state's pointless. Uh, JC from KC said half the people in Cleveland are Steeler fans already. See? There you go. See, that makes sense to me. I was like, that would make sense. The proximity would make them that. It would make a lot of wow. sense. Okay. Uh, guys, we'll continue this conversation on the other side. If you're live on YouTube and live on Twitter, we got bonus time coming at you. If you guys are listening on Sirius XM or watching on Sports Grid, thank you for being here. Roll Call Friday happens tomorrow. Hopefully, you guys will either be here live in the chat about 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, or watching on replay. For you guys who are live, you guys get what we call bonus time. <laughs> That hurts yours too? That one no, is- no, no. That's a good one. I like that oh, one. Okay. I was gonna say. Um, Jay Dow just sent me a text that said uh, it's confirmed the game's in Buffalo. Don't worry about moving it to Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. There we go. He that's updated a- the, the tweet, ML football. Uh, oh, okay. They changed it. Thanks, ML football. Way to go. Start the whole crazy conversation and then, oh, whoops. Sorry. They will be playing football in Buffalo on Sunday. If anybody's equipped to handle the weather, it's Buffalo. It's false. ML football breaking. The report that the Steelers in the Buffalo Bills game could be moved to Cleveland. It's false. PR guy, NFL PR guy, Brian McCarthy tells ML football. They will be playing football in Buffalo on Sunday. I just read that. Yes. Multiple sources tell me that there's no truth to the rumor that the Bills and the Steelers wildcard game could be moved to Cleveland due to weather concerns in Western New York. That is from Jonathan Jones, who writes for CBS Sports covering the NFL. Firmly convinced and proof of concept that you are not listening to me sometimes when you have 18 tabs open. Look, I have two tabs open. I have two tabs open. That's I it. Have, I have four, including the other uh, stuff. But uh, over. I have, I have four times to. Oh, 52% on the lines. Over to 52%. Wow. Good lines. vote. That's a okay. good vote. Do you know the brigade's new name for this time of the show? Bonus time? Yeah. They named this part. Yeah, I am. I'm almost wait. Hold on, let me get my glasses for this. <laughs> I know something's coming. No, I did not know uh, the name for this. But they have they, they have dubbed this bone us time. <laughs> bone, b o n e, right? Us time. Us time. Yeah, like bo- bone us time. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean. Edelstein came on and said, you know, use your lips and tongue. <laughs> he, did. he did. He told his kid, you know, he said to tell the kids when he asked him a question, use your lips and tongue. And I went, I looked down at the chat. I was like, mm. yeah, trying to keep it serious with him. Fitzy said something. Um, that yeah, well, I what, thought, a never things, yes. like but I don't things. care. Yes. Right. I, I said, that's fine. I mean, we're it's here. Just, doing I just love it when people like him come on because that's how he wants to be everywhere. Right. And nobody let and nobody like Scotty Farrell, nobody lets him be himself except us. Right. Do your thing. 
don't worry about it. Do your thing. And it's so fun to watch guys like Scott and Nick, Nick Stevens is his name, but he goes by 50 um, to do that. That's good to know. I didn't know his real name. Yeah. Nick, no Ahoy, uh, at Ahoy Nick Stevens is his own is when he goes and does. If you're ever watching like VH1, you know, those those countdowns they used to do, like remembering the 2000s or remember the like the 1990s or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's done a ton of them. So when he's on there, you'll see him at, with his real name of Nick Stevens. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's done a lot of really big stuff. Like if you ever look, like, once you see him and see Fitzy and you'll start to like bop around on different stuff, like on the NFL Network or on VH1 or MTV, okay. and you'll see all different stuff that he's done. You're going to go like, wait, that's that's Fitzy. Like it's amazing the stuff. He, he, he has an unbelievable reel of what he's appeared on. That's fantastic. Yeah, really, really good stuff. He's had a really fun career. Gotta link up. We gotta stand get, up. We gotta, he, we gotta get he's, a, he's done stand up in New York City for a long time. Okay. Um, that'll that'll give you battle scores. That'll make. Oh, he knows. Uh, yeah, he's you know. he's just one of these guys I'm always like so impressed with because he's so quick on yeah, his feet. That, that's like how he, you do it. Yeah. He just knows. He just he's a. That's what like when people say like, "Are you funny or not?" It's like that's someone who I would say like that's funny. Like he's right. on his feet. Right. When he writes it out, it's even better. And if right. you've ever seen the skits that they create, which are hysterically funny, where he does a, a running skit of NFL football fans in therapy. It's called NFL Therapy. Oh. And they're all sitting around talking about their team. And they're, nice. all, represent, and they're all representing different people and whatnot. Okay. So it's it's just, you know, and certain fan bases are easy targets. <laughs> you can have some fun with them. So it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Time for Better to Book It. All right, uh, we go into hockey today. Today's a big hockey card for me. Big hockey day. Talbot is in for the Kings. We're going under six Kings Panthers tonight. Bobrovsky against Talbot. Total is six. First game, 2-1. Second meeting, same result. I was thinking over when I saw this this morning. Not with Talbot on the road, although he's been a little bit more. He gives up more goals on the road than he does at home. But when they're playing teams like this, who have won eight games in a row, this is a this is a cup preview type game. I say book it. Okay. I think Florida's floor. Is this their first game back? They had a really successful road trip. Is this their first 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 game back in a while? Um, Or did they just have like two days away? Big article on what happened, how the gulf between Belichick and Kraft was created. Go read that. 20-point lead, by the way, for the Cavs over the Brooklyn Nets after three in Paris. They are smoking them by 20. Brooklyn is cuckoo, as you say. Uh, let's see. Um, for the Tampa Bay... Oh, it's not Tampa Bay. We're going with Florida. Florida wrong team. Um, where's Florida? There's Florida. So they have played... Yes, they played four games on the road. They won them all. Four one four one eight four five one. I rescind my booking it, and I will say bet it. Kings have lost five games in a row. Right. First two games of this road trip, three, two, four, three. Talbot's in. They are desperate for a win tonight. 13-3-2, the Kings are on the road straight up. Under the... Yeah, under six. Uh, Over six and a half, Vancouver and Pittsburgh. It is not Jari. Thought it was going to be him. Oh, I thought he was listed this morning. He was listed, and they flipped it according to someone who sent me a message. It's the other guy, the Ned guy, whose name I can't pronounce. Alex, I'm from Ohio, whose name looks like I'm from somewhere in Croatia. Right. 
but he's been okay. Uh, five, one, one, five, one. <laughs> Give goals given up. So he is big right. time hit or miss on this. Yeah. It's been pretty this good at home. Those ones when I looked at the line, I, I looked at the schedule last night and I said, slight favorite, like maybe minus 115 on the package. Well, this is why I asked you where Jeff Davis was from because Circus Sports was 15 cents off the market last night. They have the game pick them? No, Vancouver. Plus 120. Yeah, the Penguins that big of a favorite? Yeah, and I couldn't figure out why. Everyone else is plus 105. He was plus 120. And I was wow. like, what? I was like, what is Jeff now? It's like Jeff is off market. When Circa's off market, I tend to pause because I was gonna bet Vancouver and I went, right. hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> that number makes me stop and go, there's something I don't know. Oh, the Penguins are playing as good as anybody. That that, that I mean, this number makes more sense. I'd have had it minus one fifteen, okay. minus one twenty maybe, but it's up no, to plus one twenty. Plus one twenty. Oh, I know. I'm talking about the Penguin yeah. side. What are they? This is the. This is one of those games that team is having their best success, and they're on the road. They've won a couple games in New York. They go to Pittsburgh and lose. I was looking for a reason to take the Penguins. That's why Jeff had the line higher too. They're supposed to take the Penguins in his spot, but I thought it was jarring. <laughs> Right. When I looked at it last night, right. Jeff probably thought that too. He was. It was supposed to be him. Yes. Right. And then this morning so, at morning skate, they flipped it. Right. But I mean, you know, maybe Jeff was putting up or told the guys because he was gone. He wasn't up when they put up the overnight numbers, I don't think. But he probably sends them in. Maybe he was trying to get everybody to copy it so he could go bet Vancouver. <laughs> very possible. It's very possible. That's awesome. It's very possible. You know, a lot of uh, books say they do the numbers and then they don't do the numbers. They just wait for circuit to do the numbers and then right. copy the numbers. I mean, we used to we used to do that all the time at CG too. So like, Penguin, watch this. Penguins last three have been six five three one four one. Yeah. Canucks last three have been six four six three five two. All wins. Right. Vancouver. This is the case of two different teams. Vancouver right now is the number one team on the road to the over. Mm. And the Penguins are near the bottom home unders. Right. So it's kind of, but I think because Vancouver opens it up, Pittsburgh takes advantage. Pittsburgh can score. Demko is not as good as he has been. Demko has given up goals, three and three, last two games. So Vancouver scores, but Pittsburgh scores two. I think it's a 4 3 win for one team on one side. I'd say, I'm going to say book this one. Okay. This is under. Okay. Uh, First period under Bruins Vegas. Yes. Between these two Bruins had the night off Vegas played last night. They got shut out. Vegas cannot score right now. They are reeling. They can't score shut out. Their offense is really not good And Boston. Doesn't play first periods. I mean, I like no gift as well. You want to bet that no goal in the first mm. 10 minutes. You can do all that, but I think it's a first period under and it's a no goal period, but I like Boston to win the game. How can you not like Boston to win the game? They've lost two in a row. So three or four, two in a row. Bruins are pissed. But well, Vegas it, has been reeling too. Yeah. Both teams need to win. This might be a a very low scoring game. Mm-hmm. Two, one, three, one. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Boston wins. Boston wins. Uh, and then one college basketball game that's Utah laying eight at home against UCLA. Numbers eight and a half now. 
bad is UCLA? Bad. Holy crap. Bad. Eight and a half? It's up. It was 10. It was bet down to eight, and I jumped on it. Now it's eight and a half. Uh, I got to scroll to the bottom to find it. All right. It's the only decent game of the night. Michigan St. State, Mary's Michigan State, Illinois, Portland is not Ooh. decent. Michigan State, Illinois is not bad. I just don't, I don't know to make a Michigan State. That's the other game you could. Gonzaga laying eight at Santa Clara. Yeah, looked at it. No thanks. Santa Clara has covered the last four games or three games. Yeah, that's Santa Clara or nothing. After the week, this is week going in college basketball. You can't, you can't be late. I mean, look at KU last night down. Like I thought, goodbye Tennessee. Like we talked about, goodbye right. loss. Clemson. Uh, Clemson last night, goodbye loss. The wins were UConn one, uh, and and but they were favored. So they're road. They, they were road, sorry, they're road dogs. I think no, they're favored. No, they're, UConn, UConn was, was a road favorite at yeah. Xavier. Yeah, they covered. They won and covered. North Carolina beat North Carolina. Carolina that was I bet that. So I was good that on was that. A good one. It, one other one it was one other ranked team. Bet that in game. That was great because they Carolina started this. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. Second they half they were. Oof. Yeah, they were. They shut they them were down. Really good defensively. Um, flipping a coin here, I'm going to say, and I would normally just default to the dog. Not today. Mm-hmm. I, I, not in this game. I think I actually said I bet it. Well, because Utah lost both games on the road in in Arizona. They lost two Arizona and two Arizona State. Lost by 19 and 12. And they're coming back home where they beat Washington. They beat Washington State. They beat Bellarmine. They beat Utah State. They mm. beat BYU. Uh, they, uh, and that's what this, right, for a while ago, beat Hawaii neutral, whatnot. But they're much better at home. And it's literally a case of two massively contrasting styles. Because Utah is one of the fastest teams in the country. Top 30. I think they're like 275 for UCLA oh, to tempo. Mm. Like they take the air out of the ball. And I don't think they're going to be able to keep up scoring wise because Utah can shoot the three and UCLA just, I mean, it's a mark. They can't buy a bucket offensively this year. Davi said Utah's the tallest team in the country. They are. seven. The kid, in, in, this, in the seven foot kid, the kid they got playing, the seven footer they got mm-hmm. is a problem at home. They just throw lobs up to them constantly. Okay. That's good to know. I love when you guys put nuggets in there like that. um, Nine point win. Let's see. You're curious about Kempom. Central Florida is who beat Kansas last night. Yep. Yep. Utah. Bet it. Okay. Um, Where's that number for Utah that I was looking at last night? Yeah, they're ranked 29th on Kempom, but they're – um, up against UCLA, yeah, they have it as a nine point win, 75 64 on that. But get these numbers offensively for, for UCLA, they're 216th in adjusted offensive efficiency, okay, 333rd in effective mm. field goal percentage. How many teams are there? I mean, is that last 351? Oh, they're 331st in three point percentage, they're 323rd in two point percentage. I mean, they literally are one of the worst offensive teams in the country. And that's after Sebastian Mack, the freshman that Mack, that, that finally McCronin letting the guy play. He scored 20 in their last game. So he's been helping out a lot. But I mean, they're bad, bad. UCLA can't score. Goodness. Utah can. Utah on the flip side, you know, they're 26th in efficiency. 36th effective field goal percentage, 35th in three-point percentage, 69th in two-point percentage. Utah scores. Yeah. 
Bet it. Utah minus eight on that. Uh, we did the one super chat, right? We did. Yeah, we had one super chat from DJN 42W. So we did we that. Did. So we move on to the favorite thing about today. All right. Um, I got the DMs, guys. Uh, I will answer all of them after the show. A lot of things happen about- with uh, uh, between people coming to see us this oh, weekend. Yeah. That and um, I got those hats done yesterday and was communicating with people via DMs there. I have them. I haven't gotten to them. It's been chaos. I got little consig at home sick today. Another battle with whatever's this funk is going around Vegas. It just comes, goes, this, that. Not the come and go store. We got this wind blowing and it don't blow. And then it snowed today. Like I didn't see it. That's wild. Today. I did not. I did not see any snow today. We got we got snow. Um, I went after our meeting this morning. I went for a walk to stretch my legs yep. and get some cold, fresh air. Mm. And I was like, "Whoa!" And the sidewalk um, at the park where I was walking had ice on it, and it was yeah. frozen. And where the sun has not hit was literally frozen. all. Snow. And I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. But my other favorite thing about today is this. Clint Hurdle, played in the major leagues, is now following me on Twitter. And okay. we're going back and forth. And every day he posts a message. And today, of all days, this is his post. We call a brand or a person authentic when they are consistent, when they act the same way whether or not someone is looking. You are authentic when your actions are in alignment with your words. Show up for others even when you don't feel like it, especially then. And there's multiple examples of uh, signs and things. No one is going to stand up at your funeral and say, she had a really expensive couch and great shoes. Don't make life about stuff. (laughs) Some days I wish I could go back in life, not to change anything, but to feel a few things twice. Sometimes I just look up, smile and say, I know that was you, God. Thank you. Hmm. Don't give them all the things you wished you had. Teach them all the things you wish you knew. That's the Hmm. little pictures of the things that go along with the tweet. Hmm. But I'm going to get Clint on the show. Oh, please. It'd be great. It's at Clint Hurdle 13. Apparently, he's going to be on a coaching staff for the Los Angeles Angels. Oh. It's uh, that's that's the word on the street. Cool. So, um, you know, that might be our guy in. I, Mm. I asked him. He did 24 hours in Vegas two weeks ago. I asked him if he had time to get together. He did not, but at some point, we're going to make a connection. We're going to have him on the show. Guy gave me a great mindset today Mm. when I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning to see that your football coach was done coaching your team. And that's not even my favorite thing about today, actually. Uh, I I have two things, Um, but they they happened at the same time. So last night, I had a chance to go and sit with a, a guy who watches our show a lot and is going through it. He's having he's having some some tough times and watches the show when he needs to, to get away from all the hell that he's going through, going through a Mm. messy divorce and has a lot of things 
that are kind of piling up and making it difficult for him. And he just, he just needed to get it out. As you say, get the poison out. He's needed to kind of sit there and vent. And so we, we got together last night, just have a, just to sit and have a, drink, a couple of drinks and eat dinner and just, you know, just bullshit. And I, I shared as much as he did, cause I'm going through a lot of stuff myself. And it, it was nice just to hear him in real life having these conversations. And he was like, this is like this show. It's like this conversation. I feel like I feel like we're on the show, and I go, "Yeah." He's, he's like, he's like, he's like, this is what the show is like for me. And as we're sitting there, my second favorite thing about today is like, I don't know why last night, while but like five different DMs came in from people last night huh. on across different platforms and different saying different things. One guy's like, I want to help you guys out. I've got a connection at this company. One guy was talking about the divorce he was going through. One guy was talking about his family and how he was difficult for what he was doing with his kids. And it it was just, I was showing him and, and Chris was just like, is this like normal? And I was like, it's a little more than normal, but like, yeah, this is what Dave and I get all the time. He's like, how many, th- how, he says, how many sports gambling shows do you know that people would actually do this and send these things? I said, I don't know. I said, I, I really don't know. And I initially thought of like what Pat McAfee wrote on his Twitter account last night about his fans and what their fans are like. And, and it was just really interesting to kind of go like, I, I think it's like Pat and I think it's like us. And I don't know of any many other shows that the fans are so invested And Pat obviously is on a totally different scale than we are, but like, there's just a different, uh, uh, what you guys in the, in the audience, the brigade, we call you guys, what you guys have when people really see it, makes them all stop what they're doing and go, wait, what? How is that happening? Like, like how is that existing? People write this to you, like consistently write like heartfelt long 500 word posts in your DMS, like bearing their souls. And I'm like, well, you're doing it right now. And he was like, yeah, but like, I know you, (laughs) right? Well, they, they do too. The audience does too. And that's why they feel comfortable you know, I, I told a sponsor a couple of weeks ago, like this is a place for guys and all my family, same thing. It's a place for guys to feel vulnerable. Aren't too many places in the world where I think men feel like they can really just say what's going on. I don't know whether we have that sign out in front of the door that says, you know, come on in and tell us, but people do and we don't mind. Like mm-hmm. if there's no judgment, there's no, it's authentic. Like when, when that tweet came across today, I thought this is really, I mean, we say it all the time to each other about the universe telling us this, right. telling us that, whatever. You know, we had the meeting today. We got the meeting tomorrow with different people about Super Bowl, what we're doing. We'll tell you guys tomorrow uh, on Roll Call Friday what the plan is going to be for Super Bowl. And this is uh, cool. Read that. That's cool. Being new, you two are the guy I hung out at the track in the Italian club when I have neither. This is true. This is true. This is, I had more conversations at the counter in sports books for 15 years. We never talked about the games. There were guys that would come in. This was their, you know, trip in to get away from wherever they were at. They would get a drink ticket. They might make a play. They would hang out, watch a game, and go home. And in between, they would talk. A lot of times, there's a lot of guys looking to talk. They come and listen to us talk. And that's what, I mean, that's what Chris said to me last night. He was just like, I just needed to talk. And I was like, yeah. I was like, it's yeah. 
it, sometimes it doesn't, you don't need anyone to say anything back. You just, you just gotta, gotta get it out. It's gotta say what's going on. And there aren't a lot of things that, you know, people do it to you more than they do it to me. They start doing it to me because they, because they feel comfortable doing it with you. So they feel more comfortable doing it with me, but like, you know, we're not therapists by any means, but it's oh. just, sometimes you don't need a therapist. You just need to, you know, verbally vomit, whatever the hell is inside of you out it's, it's rotting your brain. It's, it's destructing your soul. And like, it's just creating a a way that's eating you from the inside and you just need to like, (laughs) just say it. And, you know, I'm 46 now. I've been through quite a bit in my life. I've had a lot of different chapters and seen a lot of things. And I, I feel, you know, comfortable sometimes sharing with people my, my opinion as to like what they should be or should not be doing. And sometimes it's smart, sometimes it's stupid, but I, I appreciate people who, come to us and, and just say like, Hey, you know, X, Y, and Z, I get my two hour window where the rain stops for two hours. And I know for two hours, my, you know, it's not going to suck. The rain drops. Yeah. Stop. It's oh, just I, for two hours. And then I, and I go back in my world, but I know I'm, I'm, you know, under the awning or under the umbrella or something for two hours. Right. And I'm I not, like, thinking, I like that analogy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not thinking about the shit that I'm thinking about constantly. You know, and I can just laugh and I can just laugh with you guys and we can talk games and I can be in the chat and I can talk to strangers in two different countries and just have these relationships. And it's, you know, to be the conduit of that, I I, I think it's really something that I know you cherish, something I cherish. And you know, to have that with someone who's sitting there next to me watching it, it was like, it was neat. It was like, that's cool. And then my other thing is, if you haven't watched the nine minute story on Michael Strahan's daughter going through brain cancer and having the brain tumor removed it like good luck you're gonna go through i I was dying in tears i was just like oh my god this is amazing the story is awful any father any girl dad how old is she 18 had a golf ball size cancer cancerous tumor in the back of her brain normally it's a cancer that affects five to nine year olds she got it at 18 and she had to relearn how to walk she had to relearn how to speak but she's doing great. She's sitting there with, you know, with her dad, Michael Strahan right there with Robin Roberts, you know, clean shaven. Obviously she lost all her hair. She's going through chemo. She just right. went through her first bout of radiation. Now the chemo, but like, you know, it's, he was working the whole time. Like he was doing NFL stories the whole time. And, you know, just, just as a girl, dad, you're going to watch it and go like, Holy crap. Like that's a really moving and touching story, but she's just on the road to recovery. So, you know, it, it does have, looks like a happy ending. Oh, I mean, you just need like to see that stuff. And I feel like, like you said, you're 46, I'm 53 and I'm going to do it at the beginning of the show tomorrow. But I talked to my mom yesterday who turned 78. Nice. That was her birthday. The ability to one, have that parent child relationship as the child Mm. is one thing. We've had that relationship now as the parent to a child. And that's another thing. Just hearing a story about an 18-year-old with brain cancer or a brain tumor is, you know, gets you hits you here. I don't know if I want to watch I want to watch it, but I don't want to watch it now. I gotta right. I, I, I don't know. I, oh, you instantly put yourself into his shoes. It's impossible not to. Right. Like, oh my gosh, what would I do if like he got the phone Kelsey's call. She's 18. He got a he got a phone call. Like she they they thought she had vertigo because she right. wasn't able to walk. She was really dizzy all the time. Uh-huh. And she went in to Mount Sinai in California. Or sorry, she went to a different hospital 
her in the in the doctor drew blood, do a, didn't have the ability to do an MRI, but did an EKG and did a bunch of workup. And as she was driving home, the phone call from the doctor went to his daughter and she said, do not go home, go directly to Mount Sinai. I will meet you there. Didn't tell her why. Michael got the phone call from the doctor and said, you need to get to, get to LA as fast as possible. We need to operate on your daughter as soon as we're able to do so. She has a brain tumor the size of a golf ball. And like he said, getting that phone call from the doctor, the doctor told Michael before the doctor told his daughter what was going on because she wanted to be face to face and didn't want to do it on the phone, wanted to sit there. But like when she pulled up, she said, like, my doctor was waiting for me when I pulled up to the hospital. It's like, what the hell's going on? Wow. They had to sit there and tell her. Yeah. Freshman at UCLA or USC. She was a freshman at USC. I, I told you, that's how I got the call. I got the call on a Tuesday from my dad. I got a brain tumor they're operating Thursday morning. <sighs> what? Yeah. I mean, that was bad. It was, you know, and that's it, everything changed. And I had my own kids and all that other stuff. And then I had a stroke. Don't sweat that small stuff. Be authentic. Be real. When you ask someone how they're doing, listen for the answer. <laughs> you know, right? Like, just listen, because you never know what you're going to hear. And I'm I'm such a... I'm anal about so much. Like I find out your wife's name. Every time I see you, I'm going to ask you about your wife every single time. That's true. I want you, you, you know, you I want that. you to talk yep. about that. That's I, I, I want to, and I'm genuinely interested in it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we do the show. Like we literally do the show for those people and all. Uh, I can't wait. Roll call Friday tomorrow. What's the number? I mean, it's Friday. It's divisional wild, super wild card round, this and that. 42 and a half. Should we bump the number? No, it's the same. I mean, we cleared it. We cleared it last week, but that was a big week. That was a, you know, show 500. So, right. Don't think you can move it just because it was so much attention and we had so many people on. It was such a fun show last week. So this is not tomorrow's going to be fun. Just market have the same number of guests that we had last week. It's not show 500, but yeah, 42 is a good number. I like 42. Sure. I'm good with that. We'll roll with that. Back tomorrow. Roll call Friday, guys. Always the most fun show of the week. We look forward to seeing, hearing, and watching you guys with us coming up for that. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go and do so. Let's get to 2,000 before we get to the Super Bowl. Simple, easy, free, and it's not hard to do. Go there, BVB on YouTube, and hit subscribe to our YouTube channel. He's Dave. I'm Matt. Tomorrow, roll call Friday. Talk to you tomorrow.